Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 114, Star Joe's A Real Animated Hero, Special Edition. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Robert. And welcome back, everyone. Robert, tell our faithful listeners who you know jump on these episodes the second they pop up, why is this a special episode compared to any of our other animated episodes? Why is this one special? Why is this one special? This is a special edition. Why? What are we doing different for this one? Oh, I was saying they're all special. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, they're all special because you do the the character voices and all that. Oh yeah. Well. <laughs> okay. Um. Well. Okay. Well. So are we classifying this as like one of our kind of animated? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, typically when we do our animated shows, we're going through watching a full season or series and kind of doing commentary on each episode and our thoughts and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this is kind of a uh, complete overview. This is the reason why this one's a little different is it's a it's we'll start off with a complete overview of the DC animated universe, uh, which encompasses the various uh, series and movies that have come out over the last you know twenty. 25 years. Yeah. Um, we're not going as far back as Super Friends. No, right? not that far. No, no. <laughs> no, we're going back to the very beginnings of the what a lot of times is called like the Bruce, Bruce Tim, Tim right? universe. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so as far as this is going to be like a spotlight or a special look at the DC universe, uh, me and Ryan both have a passion for it. We just really enjoy it. Um, and I think I, I think we didn't realize how much we both were into it until uh, – Ryan started texting me or letting me know, like, hey, this one's coming out this week. I'm like, what? Ooh, you know, and I run to the store and pick it up. And uh, we're like, all right, you know, and just kind of high-fiving each other on a text message. High-five through the phone, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, anyway, but we thought, man, we, we both really dig it so much, and there's been a couple movies that have recently come out, and we thought about talking about those, but we didn't want to just jump in and review two movies kind of obscurely. You know, I think right. us being able to set a context of the entire DC universe and what we've enjoyed about it, I think will do well in leading us up to these more recent movies. And then as new movies come out, we can review those as well. Yeah. And, and who knows, maybe we'll even jump back at some of the ones that we'll cover today and just say, Hey, let's do a more in-depth look at that one. If nothing's coming yeah. out, usually these movies come out about twice a year. I think it is. Once yeah. I would say, yeah, at least, at least two a year. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think this year will be three, but we kind of had that weird trapped in time. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of um, slipped in under the radar kind of thing. Yeah, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on the whole history. I mean, it will be a lot of time as far as the episode goes, but uh, <laughs> not a lot of time on Hang each. on to your butts. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not going to be a lot of time on each one individually. Right. Um, until we get to uh, JLA, Trapped in Time, and Justice League War. Uh, we'll probably spend a little bit more time on those because, like Robert said, those are the most recent ones. Um so, yeah, I mean, like Robert said, we we both have a passion for these. I, I think overall we both feel that DC does an amazing job with their animated universe. There's a few misses here and there, but yeah. um, but overall they, they do an absolutely amazing job. And um, Yeah, like you said, Robert, I didn't realize how much you <laughs> liked it until I texted you. Like, hey, just wanted to let you know about uh, just uh, the uh, JLA Trapped in Time. Uh, it, it was a hush type thing, which we'll talk about a little bit later. And, uh, it's only at target and just thought you would want to know, cause it seems like it's something good for, maybe for your kids or something like that. And you were like, I'm going to the store right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, cause I didn't know anything about it. I'm so, I'm glad he texted me, but, um, yeah, I mean, every, every time one of those comes out, I'm, I'm like immediately at the store picking it up or sometimes I know ahead of time, but I wasn't as aware, I think as you were 
or like on the pulse as far as when they were coming out or release schedules or that kind of stuff, I was usually, I, I knew in general one might be coming out, but as soon as I saw one at the store, like I'd pick it up in a heartbeat. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I have every single one of these and have them, I've been watching them as they come out. So Yeah, I have, um, I definitely have all of the movies. I have most of the TV series um, as they came out. There's a few that I don't have that I want to get, and there's a couple that I don't have that I have absolutely no intention of getting. <laughs> uh, we'll, and we'll cover that as we get to yeah. them. And I figure when we go back and review, I mean, yeah, the, the reason why we didn't like start from the beginning and review each one in depth is because really some of them aren't that great. No. And I think if we do have a, a month or two where we just want to do a spotlight, we can go back and through this review, we'll find the ones that we both really like. Yeah. And that we would, you know, highly suggest to any listener or, uh, of the show, then we'll, we might go back and do a spotlight on one of those. But. Yeah. So um, before we get, jump right in, because we we do need we have a lot to cover, so we do want to jump right in. I did want to give a shout out uh, to a listener out there, uh, Brandon. Uh, he says he also goes by uh, Hi Doja H Y hyphen D O J A. Um, he reached out to me with a Star Wars dilemma that I was, let's say, that I was in. and uh, <laughs> Star Wars Crisis. Yeah, Star Wars Crisis. And he helped me to remedy that crisis uh, very generously, very, very nicely. Um, and he said it was just his way of thanking me uh, for doing the show and everything else, So, which was extremely nice of him. So... Uh, he, I just says, well, is there anything I could do? And he says, if you could just give me a shout out. He says, uh, I just want to be famous for for a few seconds. So <laughs> I don't know. So Hayadoja. 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 Like you just want to say it Japanese, like you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. He did also say, uh, P.S. Tell Robert I said sup. So. Sup. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, he says he's a, he says I'm a huge GI Joe fan and a fan of everything else that you guys discuss except for Masters of the Universe. What? He says I grew up he says I grew out of playing with men in loincloths years ago. <laughs> Please, that never gets old. I mean, <laughs> what? Well, some of us aren't really big fans of being around naked men, Robert. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Totally walked into that one. You walked right into that one. So yeah. I wasn't going to bring it up. But oh, one thing also, one just item. Yeah, I was going to start calling that guy man at arm's length. Like I wanted to make sure that he was at least that distance away from me before he started swinging his junk around. <laughs> um, one item of business I did want to mention because we didn't get to cover it on the uh, nominations episode is uh, we never mentioned when the voting ended. <laughs> it just goes on indefinitely. <laughs> right. Just vote all year long. Yeah, just, yeah. Um, no, we're going to, the voting will end on April 15th, so tax day. <laughs> yeah, just keep all the deadlines in order. You right, know, exactly. It makes it easier for everybody. That's actually when my uh, next uh, issue of X for Dark Horse is due. Oh, nice. So I have three deadlines. Right. Boom, boom, boom. You have to get, you have to get your taxes done, your X done and, and you have to do your voting for That's right. our nominations. So so yeah, uh when right after you drop that tax return off in the mail on the 15th, come back home and sign on and vote for your uh various nominations. Right. So there you go. Um and then whatever episode after that, after the 15th that we do, uh I'll announce the the winners of each category, so so it'll be very cool. But we've already had a lot of participation, which is awesome. So, Great. Um, 
<laughs> and I miraculously was able to put that episode together. So, <laughs> yeah, actually, I saw that this just came out. So yeah, yeah. It, there was there was a bit of uh, workings that went on with all the drop offs that we had. <laughs> oh gosh, I, I kept getting cut off that whole night, wasn't yeah, it? Like over yeah. and over. Uh, I ended up with six different recordings I had to splice together. So it was, it was interesting, and we but surprisingly we only lost two comic reviews. So. Uh, I was able yeah. to kind of throw them in there in the middle. You'll hear when, when you listen to the episode. But All right, so let's jump into some DC animated universe. Um, so it should be no surprise to you, Robert, that uh, especially with you being a fan, that do you know what series launched the entire DC universe? It would be the the Batman animated series, right? Yes, absolutely. And, and this is like your this is your favorite this cartoon is my ever, right? Favorite cartoon ever, <laughs> because number one, this is my Batman. Right. <laughs> there, I mean, like if I had to pick my Batman, this is my Batman. Um, it, it's yeah, I, I I would say I completely agree, and especially with the Kevin Conroy voice. Yes. And the way that he interacts with uh, other heroes, his supporting cast. And the representation of the villains, like overall, it's it's just very classic yep. Batman. Absolutely, and um, also one of the reasons this has become my favorite cartoon of all time, and it's, it's not just this DC animated stuff. It's my favorite cartoon of all time, is because what it launched. Like it it has not only is it an awesome cartoon, but it also was the starting point for everything that came after it. So. Right, like what what it represents. Right, exactly. You know, as, as a launching point for this kind of new generation of uh, superheroes and cartoons and the quality level you could expect. Yep. Like overall, just, yeah, what it represents. Now, exactly. do you remember when it first premiered, it, it premiered in primetime, yeah. right? Yeah. Do you remember like who you were with or what you were doing when the show came on? I don't because I don't think I saw it in primetime. Um, and I don't think I watched it from the very beginning. I ended up catching some of those episodes that I had missed in reruns because I was in the middle of high school at the time. Uh, I was like a sophomore uh, or junior. No, it would have been a junior. Yeah. Junior in high school. So, I mean, I was driving around and everything else. Well, so yeah, I see you had girls on your mind and all that. Like what, what year did this one come out? This came out in, uh, actually came out September 5th of 1992 and it ran until September 15th of 1995. Um, and, uh, this was just when it was known as the animated series, Batman, the animated series. So I know it eventually became like the adventures of Batman and Robin and stuff. So, um, but yeah, so this would have been right at the beginning of my junior year in high school. Um, okay. so I did catch quite a few episodes. Like once I watched one episode, I think the first episode I saw was the laughing fish one with mm-hmm. the Joker. So I didn't miss very many. Right. Right. That's pretty um, early on. Yeah. And then I just kept watching them. And then I of course own the entire series on DVD. Um, yeah. Because you have to. <laughs> well, they came out with that really great set a couple years back. Oh yeah. Right. Is that is that how you got it with that no, big set? I actually bought them as they were coming out. As they were. Oh wow. Released. Okay. So yeah, like I said, I was such a huge fan that I was like, I need to get this as it's coming out. Wow. Um, I also have a paperback. I know there's a hardcover version of it, but I have the paperback of the behind the scenes stuff, uh, where it's just called oh, Batman. Oh cool. Animated. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. Um, so it's really cool. So I do have a little bit of information. This is the only one that I went a little bit more in depth than the other ones that we'll talk about. Um, uh-huh. But I felt since it's the beginning, it deserves it. Yeah, so, that sounds good. Yeah, so this, uh, just some information about it. Uh, the visual style of the series was dubbed Dark Deco. And it was based on the film noir artwork of producer and artist Bruce Tim. Uh, and we had mentioned this a lot of times it was referred to as the Bruce Tim universe. So, uh, There's a lot of uh, fully painted backgrounds and, yeah. and and very rare in cartoons up to this point were, were, were the cartoons so dark. Like they had actually taken a black canvas yes. and painted color into it as opposed to starting with a white canvas and then painting, yep. you know, darker colors onto it. They, they pulled like color and light out of a black canvas. Yeah. So, so that just that approach made the the whole show much made better. it all all the better. Yeah, absolutely. Now the series did take its influence, no surprise, from Tim Burton's live action films of Batman and Batman Returns, which came out in 1989 and 1992. So the Batman Returns movie actually came out the same the same year. Oh, that I didn't think about that. Yeah, um, and the acclaimed Superman theatrical cartoon produced by Fleischer Studios is also where they got some inspiration. So those 40s Superman Fleischer cartoons. Yeah. Um, which are amazing I, also. I always found it very interesting that they kind of took modern technology, but at the same time they had like 40s and 50s style vehicles yeah. and Blinks. and some of that, yeah, the Art Deco, yep. uh, like architecture styles. Yep. Yeah, it was a nice, it, it makes for very much like a timeless um, yeah. setting because you could watch this and, and know that it's, it's really not taking place now, but it's not necessarily taking place in the past either. Um, yeah. So it, it was very... Uh, well done. In fact, uh, in designing the series, Bruce Tim and Eric uh, Radomski emulated Burton's films "Otherworldly Timelessness" is what they call it. Yeah. Uh, incorporating periods featuring uh, features such as black and white title cards, police blimps, uh, though no such thing obviously existed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and vintage color scheme with film noir flourishes. Uh, when the first season of the of the series aired on Wednesday afternoons, it lacked an on-screen title in the opening theme sequence. Uh, oh, okay. So, like, there was never like Batman, <laughs> you know, the animated series. I don't know if, and that, it didn't dawn on me until I read that. I was like, yeah, there is no title. No, it's it's just this really great instrumental, you know, that this, that you just would think classic Batman when you yeah. hear it now. Yeah. Um, but it uh just comes in and there's this whole like there's no words, it's all just action sequence, yeah. animated action sequence that's very painterly, uh, even compared to the regular, uh, cartoon style. Yeah. It's a little more painted and and fleshed out, and uh, it's just this action sequence of Batman taking out these dudes. And then he's standing on top of a building and lightning strikes, you know what I mean? And you see him kind yeah. of flashing. And that's it. Like, there, it doesn't say Batman, you know, yeah. the animated series or anything like that. There's no title card until you see the name of the episode. Yeah. And if, if I mean, and the, the thing is, though, like, they, they knew, like, if you don't know what this show is by seeing lightning striking behind Batman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, there's no need for it because the right. character carries that himself, which is really cool. Yeah. Now, when the series uh, time slot was moved to to weekends during its second season, it was given on-screen title of the adventures of Batman and Robin. Um, the, yeah. the series was the first in the continuity of the shared DC animated universe. Uh, in 2013 TV guide ranked Batman, the animated series, the seventh greatest TV cartoon of all time. Sweet. 
So pretty cool. Um, and then I have a whole just for, again just for this one because it is the first one. I have a whole list of notable voice actors, and you'll hear some of these names mentioned in some of the later ones as well. Um, of course, we had Batman was Kevin Conroy. Well, and there's a few people who will show up as the voices of these characters, and he's got to be one of the longest. I mean, obviously Kevin Conroy, he's got to be one of the longest standing. Yeah. You know. Uh, voice actors paired up with the, their character. Yep. And not that he's done every movie, but he's certainly done the majority he's of them. He's done the majority of them. He's done the Batman Arkham video games, yeah. uh, which are awesome. And, oh, yeah. And then the other thing that he did, which I have in my possession, is the San Diego Comic-Con Starro recreated with the um, yeah. action figures. There's sound effects that talks about each character, and Kevin Conroy lended, lended uh, his voice to that, too. <laughs> that's great. So that's just awesome. It just kind of makes me wonder why, I mean, who knows what if it's a matter of scheduling or contract, but just why they wouldn't use him for just everything. Everything. <laughs> one of the cool things about voice acting is, I mean, as somebody gets older, you know, you, you might get typecast or you might, you know, age out of a role. But with your voice, it might get a little deeper. It might get a little more gruff but for the most part your voice stays the same oh yeah and uh i mean you, you obviously have like peter cullen still sounds like optimus prime yeah exactly so um you know i just don't know why you wouldn't use him for absolutely there, there's got to be some kind of contractual stuff involved yeah know, there there must there must be something in, involved with it or he's already tied up with doing something else yeah because uh, he does do other stuff um right uh, so then there was also uh, Alfred Pennyworth. In the first three episodes only, it was done by Clive Revel. And then the rest of the series, it was done by Ephraim Zimbalist uh, Jr. So um, then we have Commissioner Gordon was done by Bob Hastings. Uh, Harvey Bullock, another famous character from the series, was Robert Costanza. Now, was, was this character created for the series? Harvey Bullock was actually, from my room, Recollection: Harvey Bullock was around before the animated series. However, the next character I'm going to mention, Renee Montoya, from my understanding, was not. Okay. Renee Montoya was created for the animated series, and she's obviously made her way into comics. Uh, right. And that was Leanne Shermer. Uh, Barbara Gordon, who was obviously Batgirl, was Melissa Gilbert. Do you know who Melissa Gilbert was? Sounds familiar. She was on the show Roseanne. Oh, okay, yeah. She was the one daughter, so... Yeah, the daughter, yeah. Uh, Dick Grayson was Lauren, uh voice actor named Lauren Lester. Uh, Lucius Fox was Brock Peters. And then we get into a few names that you will probably recognize, especially with this show. Um, the Joker was Mark Hamill. And he's he's another one of those. Because of this, he started so early on with the Batman anime series, and he played the Joker for so long and yep. so many years that, again, he became that voice. He became that character... So, again, anytime you heard it, you immediately thought the Joker. Yep. It was just synonymous with it. And I think it's only in the last year or two that he said he wasn't doing it anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he still has made his appearances here and there uh, yeah. doing the voice. So um, he does a lot of voice acting. And, and in fact, his, his name will appear later on with a few other characters, too. It's um, crazy. When you go to, like, IMDb... Mm-hmm. And you put in one of these voice actors' names, their list of credits is ridiculous. Oh, long. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because they can just go in and do a voice acting session, right, and yeah. do their part, and they're done. Or, you know, they're on this TV show or that TV show as various characters. Yeah. But it's just it's so funny to see uh, 
you know, some of those really prolific voice actors, just their filmography is ridiculous. And one of, one of the series that we're going to talk about as we get through this is, uh, you'll see there is like maybe four or five voice actors that do almost every character in the series. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty funny when I saw the list, I was like, what? what? There's only like five people here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Harley Quinn was done by Arlene uh, Sorkin, who did the voice of Harley Quinn for a lot of different things. Um, then now, we again, have, was Harley Quinn established Har- in the comics before this? No, she- Har- Harley Quinn came from this animated series. That's what I thought. And it's and, crazy to think because she's such a huge popular character now. Yeah. And yeah. you just kind of feel like she's been around forever, but it's it's only been since this show. Yeah, since 90, 92 when she, you know, or probably 93 for her uh, when she was first introduced. And yeah, she was just so popular, like, we have to bring her into the comics. Yeah. And now she's got her own ongoing series. So. Right. <laughs> um, she's had she had other miniseries in the past. Yeah. and She had another ongoing series before, too, that lasted for, like, 30-some issues. So. Yeah, with, like, Terry Dotson. Did yeah, it. yeah. Which I s- sold for a pretty penny, by the way. <laughs> we can get them in trade now, too. Yeah, I had that series, and it was, like I said, about 30-some issues. And I read it, and it was awesome. I liked it, but it just wasn't something I felt like I needed to keep. So I listed it on eBay, and I think it sold for like $150. <laughs> so it's one of the few times I actually made more money than I spent on the comics. So <laughs> yeah. um, Adrian Barbeau was Selena Kyle and Catwoman and Adrian Barbeau is somebody who's been very involved with casting and, and everything else in more recent movies and everything. Oh, okay. So. Now here's a few names you might recognize. Uh, Richard Mall was Harvey Dent in Two Face. <laughs> he was on um, Night Court, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> As Bull. <laughs> yes. So uh, nice. his name's gonna appear quite a few times too. Uh yeah. Roddy McDowell was Jervis Tetch in the Mad Hatter. And oh, wow. do you know who Roddy McDowell was? Mm, sounds familiar. I can't pick it up. Uh, Planet of the Apes. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was, uh, <coughs> Excuse me. I'm trying to remember the, the main character, uh, Caesar. Was yeah, Caesar, right. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ron Perlman was Matt Hagen, also known no as way. Clayface. Ah. Wow, dang. I mean, I, I'm sure if I went back and and listen to it you know you, you that's oh, another yeah. voice you can pick out immediately it just yep. it is so distinctive but and ah, his, i didn't know he was on it that's cool. yeah and his name is another one that's going to appear many times um ed asner as roland daggett <laughs> daggett yes and uh helen slater was talia al ghul and do you know who helen slater was no who's that supergirl from the first supergirl movie what yep Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Did she, has she done a lot of other voice acting, too? Yes, or? she has. In fact, we'll see her name again. So. Oh, cool. Um, and then, I think it's kind of one of these things where you, if you got in good with this kind of Bruce Tim animated universe, you're basically oh, set if you, you were to keep that job. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then my favorite, even though I hate the old TV series, um, I don't hate the man at all, uh, Adam West did the character of the Grey Ghost. Which, oh, that was very cool. Those were just awesome episodes. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember recognizing his voice, and and, and plus it was on top of the fact that uh, he was like an older superhero that Batman kind of looked up to yeah. as a kid. You know, he watched the shows, and and then they get to team up in real life, or, you know, quote unquote real life. Yeah, and <laughs> and um. And it was just kind of neat to have Batman's mentor be the Adam West character. Like, I just, I really dug that. That was yeah. pretty neat. Yeah, so I I thought that was 
pretty awesome and and he'll appear he's also someone that'll appear many times later on so um so then we go into superman the animated series which started in on september 6th of 1996 and it ran until february 12th of 2000 okay i was gonna say when batman came out i think i was in sixth grade okay maybe seventh grade something like that and i remember like i was saying when that came out prime time when it first aired i don't i don't i don't remember my family being like way into comic books yeah but uh you're even like the cartoons but for whatever reason my dad was really interested in this and so we went over to his parents house my grandfather's house my grandma grandpa atkins we went there my entire family got together we turned off all the lights made popcorn and sat down and watched the first episode of batman like it was a movie like it was my whole yeah it was must have been really promoted yeah Uh, well it was probably because it it probably reminded them uh, because of the noir and everything else. It probably reminded them of the the old style like crime mystery type movies and everything else. Because yeah, really, my grandpa was just over the moon about it. He thought it was like the best thing ever. Yeah. and I'm like, Grandpa, you like Batman? He's like, This is amazing. You know, he was just really into it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was I, I vividly remember that though. Sitting down and I mean, I can't remember us ever doing that for anything else. You know, yeah. as that. You know, my entire family, which of course was me and my eight brothers and sisters and my two parents, right? Yeah. And then my grandparents, and so there's literally thirteen of us just huddled in the living room, eating popcorn with the lights turned out, watching Batman. I'm like, that was awesome. How did that happen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a, it was a cool deal. Yeah, and and I know I've mentioned before in episodes like for like GI Joe, it was hard, not hard because I didn't enjoy it, but it was hard because of ADD, uh, for, <laughs> for me to go past like. 15, 20 episodes before I wanted to watch something else. Yeah. Uh, Batman, the animated series, I've watched three times at least from start to finish. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I, just because I enjoy it that much. You know, I've watched it, uh, obviously when it was coming out, I'm sure I missed episodes, and then I rewatched it. I did like a big rewatch where I watched through all this, but that's the only time I've ever done that. So yeah. Just once. Um, so then, we, like I said, we go into the Superman the animated series, uh, which started in, started in 96. It was premiering 10 years after the 1986 reboot of the Superman comic book character. So that oh, okay. was uh, like the Man of Steel, John the Byrne. Man of John Byrne, right. Uh, the, the animated series paid tribute to both the classic Superman of old and the newer modern Superman. Uh, for instance, the depiction of Krypton reflects the older, idealized version of the Silver Age of comic books, while the scope of Superman's powers reflect the more restrained contemporary concept right. uh, by John Byrne. Uh, originally produced by Bruce Timm, uh, uh, originally Bruce, uh, the producer Bruce Timm wanted to have the show have a more of a 1940s Fleischer Studio Superman cartoon feel. And then, as with the first season of Batman, the opening uh, theme sequence of Superman lacked an on-screen title. Uh, and also, like Batman, the opening uh, the the opening theme for Superman lacked any lyrics. So instead of being an instru- uh, being an instrumental piece, played over various scenes from from the series. So just right. like the Batman one, it was just instrumental and a lot of action scenes and no title at the beginning. So. Now, this one, um, it's funny because I've gone back and I've watched the DVDs on these, and they've got a really good commentary on a few of them. Yeah. And I loved watching. <laughs> one of the things I remembered specifically from the commentary was one of the flashbacks back to Krypton as um, Jor-El and Kara, or wait, what's no, what's his wife's name? Uh, Laura. Laura, yeah. So they're putting... Um, Lara. Lara, yeah, they're putting Kal-El in the spaceship, and he's crying. 
And Jarrell just sprays his face with something. And he like, he goes, mm, 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 and just like falls asleep. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, we didn't want to talk about exactly what that substance was. <laughs> right, right. Because we, we've gotten comments from parents all over the world saying, what is it that, you know, that's made in the future that could do that for a crying baby that's not illegal? <laughs> it just, I mean, but if you get a chance to rewatch those old DVDs uh, from that series, the commentaries are, are fantastic. I mean, they're very informative and they're really yeah. cool to watch. But um, I remember, for me, again, this was like, uh, this is, I mean, I, I saw it in Batman, but this is when the, one of the first times I really noticed how well DC shows impact and motion in their, in their cartoons. Yeah. Like for example, when Superman hits somebody, you feel like they really got hit. I oh, mean, yeah. just the sound effects and how fluid the animation was and how people just got rocked. I mean, they would like slam into buildings and even through buildings or whatever. And just the level of, destruction the, again the sound effects were so spot on yep. that it was just like cram i mean you really felt like somebody just got nailed and oh, yeah. i never felt that as to to that extent in a lot of the marvel cartoons or even just other you know cartoons that were action adventure but i think i really noticed it in the superman now i'm sure it was there in the batman but of course in batman you don't have people like throwing cars at each other right typically so um, now I think this this goes up another notch or another level when the JLA cartoon comes out. But I, I, I remember first noticing it in the Superman cartoon where I was like, oh my gosh, you know, when he throws a car into a building, like you really get a sense of it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now a few of the animated movies I did not like go in depth with uh, did, that did come out around the time as as these two animated series were uh, Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, that's right. It kind of felt like an extra episode. Right. Um, which is a phenomenal movie. I mean, it's it, good. It's really, really well it's done. It's just like an hour and a half long episode. Yeah. Um, there was also Sub-Zero with uh, Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Um, there was Mystery of the Batwoman, which is okay. <laughs> yeah, that one's not quite as good. Yeah. And then there was uh, Batman Superman or Superman Batman the movie. And that's where it was kind of like episodes where they crossed over. Yeah. And Luther and Joker team up, right? Yep. And then the first half of it takes place in Gotham or, or vice versa, but and then another half of it takes place in Metropolis. Exactly. And one of the things I loved about that, what I mean, I it never gets old for me. And this this has happened in so many of these series where Batman and Superman get together, mm-hmm. and Superman finds out Batman's identity by yeah. just using his X-ray vision. And he sees under the mask and is like, oh, it's Bruce Wayne. And then Bruce Wayne finds out Superman's identity through yep. some great detective work or whatever. You know, he finds a way to, uh, you know, follow him back to his apartment or do whatever. Yeah. And Superman's always like, touche. I yeah. mean, it's like a great, I mean, and they've done it a few different ways. They've done it a few different ways. My favorite is always when Batman figures it out first. <laughs> and then Superman kind of finds out who Batman was just out of spite or revenge right, or something. Yeah. I forget which one, which way it worked in this in this particular movie, but yeah, because I've seen it recently. Me and my kids were watching the Batman yeah. series that came out recently, and they did it again in that one. Yeah, and I remember I liked it. It wasn't as good as this original Superman Batman movie. Yeah. Um, now with the Superman the animated series, uh, here's a few voices that you'll definitely recognize. Uh, Tim Daly was Superman. 
Yeah, and I, he's a fantastic Superman. Oh yeah, I, we've had. There's going to be some of these movies we're talking about where the Superman's not as great. Yeah, yeah. And I think he just nailed it just right off the bat. He did, and and surprisingly, he was before this. He was best known for his part on the show, the sitcom Wings. <laughs> Wings, <laughs> which I love that show. So oh, when yeah. I found out Tim Daly was going to be on this, I was like, yes, yeah, I was a big fan. So um, then we had Dana Delaney as Lois Lane, and uh, Clancy Brown as Lex Luthor, which he does the best voice for Lex Luthor as far as I'm concerned. And, and he was basically, he, and he's been Lex Luthor ever since. Yeah. Now what's funny is I didn't know Clancy Brown as an actor. Right. Cause he's been in lots of movies. Yeah. Uh, and I never associated his voice with Lex Luthor. Now I always thought Lex Luthor was black, right. On the right. shows. Cause right. he kind of got like that darker skin tone. Right. And the voice just sounded like a black man's voice to me. Cause right. I think probably because I'm here looking at, you know, basically an yeah. animated black man. Yeah. And then I watched, what was that I was watching? I think it was like some episode of Stargate or something. <laughs> and Clancy Brown's on it as like this old miserly guy in the desert. Yeah. I'm like, what? That's Lex Luthor's voice. That is not a black man. Like, my, all my all my uh, preconceptions of what Lex just Luthor was just shattered. shattered. Just completely gone. I'm like, what? No way. <laughs> um, now here's a few uh, other voices. Uh, Malcolm McDowell uh, was, oh. was Metallo. Very cool. Um, He's and, a good actor. Yeah, he is. Uh, Gilbert Godfrey was Miss, Mr. Mitzelplick. Ah. <laughs> um, Brad Garrett was Lobo and Bibbo. And I don't oh, know if, that's right. And he does a great Lobo, man. Yeah. I love Lobo. I didn't I didn't know. I'd never been introduced to the Lobo character before yeah. this. Because I was kind of just getting into comics, and it was mostly Marvel. I wasn't yeah. reading any DC stuff besides, you know, Death of Superman, which happened around this time period. Yeah. And... Um, so I was I wasn't aware of Lobo at all. So this cartoon was my first introduction to the character, and he nailed it. Oh, it's so great! I yeah. loved it. And Brad Garrett is probably best known for his role as the older brother on Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah, Robert. I think yeah, is his yeah, name. exactly. So you could identify with him. Yep. <laughs> not not the deep voice, not the great right. deep. Voice, but, uh... Or the eight foot tall. <laughs> no, yeah, Sorry. neither one of those. <laughs> um, Ron Perlman. Was uh, Jack Sewer. Uh, so he was a Ooh, Jack what? Jack Sewer, J A X U R. He was a Kryptonian. Uh, oh, okay. In the past. So um, I told you we'd see Ron Perlman again. Yeah. Um, and then this one's going to crack you up. Chameleon Boy was voiced by Jason Priestley. What? <laughs> so Chameleon Boy was like, was there a Legion of Superheroes? They did make, there was a few episodes where they did the oh, Legion man, of Superheroes. I forget those. Yeah. And he was Chameleon Boy. <laughs> Jason Priestley. I know 210 himself. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So then we go into the new Batman Adventures, which was uh, started in September 13th, 1997. I, yeah. And that went till January 16th of 1999. So and, just two seasons, two years. Yep. And this was a continuation of the Batman animated series. Um, the series writer, Paul Dini, uh, originally wanted this new show to be titled Batman Gotham Knights. But, oh, cool. But the idea was rejected by the other producers. I think that would have been an awesome title. <laughs> no, that, yeah, that would have been great. Now, what what would you say really set this kind of second run apart from the first? I mean, there was new new characters involved, and there was kind of a... Yeah, you uh, had uh, Dick Grayson was now Nightwing... Uh, right. You had Tim Drake as the Robin. As Robin, yeah. Uh, the animation style is very different. Um, yeah, the, it's it's amazing when you go back and rewatch that very first series. 
you kind of expect you have like a Bruce Tim style in mind, right? Yeah. yeah. And for me, I think it really came to its own in the the first JLA series. Yeah. Now, um, when you go back and rewatch the the Batman animated series, it's a lot softer edges and a lot doughier than you would expect. Oh I mean, yeah. You, because you you see all those crazy wide shoulders and the hard lines and the harsh angles that you kind of associate with Bruce Tim. And you go back and watch that Batman animated series. I was I couldn't believe how rounded things were and how oh yeah that surprised me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this uh, the stories in this series tend to give more focus on, to Batman's supporting cast, which includes crime fighters Robin, Nightwing, Batgirl, and and many others. And uh, the show also features guest stars such as Supergirl, Etrigan, and the Creeper. Uh, huh. And the, the series takes place around the same time as Superman, the animated series. So that's like the time period that it takes place. Right. And so some of the notable voice actors that I that are obviously different from ones we've already mentioned was uh, an actor, a voice actor, Matthew Valencia, was Tim Drake, uh, who was the new Robin. Mel Winkler right. was Lucius Fox. And then Billy Zane was Jason Blood, uh, also Etrick <laughs> and the Demon. <laughs> Billy Zane. Yes. Of and phantom fame, right? <laughs> phantom fame, yes. <laughs> nice. I saw Billy Zane, I was like, I have to put that in here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was it was a different style, uh, but I still enjoyed it a lot. And uh and we actually get a uh a movie that come that appears later that kind of is almost a it it ties the next series we're gonna talk about with this new Batman adventure series. Um, so the next series that I wanted to mention was Batman Beyond. Yeah. Okay. So now when this came on, this only ran for three seasons. Yeah. And I always felt like it ran longer than it did, but no, it was just those three. And right. I, for whatever reason, it was like a little too much of a jump in <clears throat> tone and in obviously time period and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It was just a little too much for me. So I bailed on this. Like I didn't, I watched maybe a couple episodes of this, and I just wasn't into it. Now, it came out in uh, from 1999 to 2001, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think of this time period, too. I think it was my second year in college. Yeah, I was I was graduated. I was already working a full-time job at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't – I think I just wasn't – you know, I wasn't watching, like, the weekly cartoons uh, at this time. So it just kind of – I, you know, right, right up through high school, I was watching – Batman, then Superman, and then New Batman Adventures right up through high school. Batman Beyond came out kind of, and I was kind of done with that at the time. So it wasn't until Justice League came on, and we'll talk about that in a a little bit, that I was kind of getting back into it. And it was really, actually when Justice League Unlimited came on, that I really jumped back into it, and then I went back and watched all these. Now, I I had just graduated from uh, college, and I... Uh, was searching for a job at this particular time this came out. So I had lots of time on my hand. And <laughs> so I was watching this from the beginning. I loved the very opening, I think it was a one-hour thing, of how Terry McGinnis first meets Bruce Wayne and everything. Right. Um, and I watched it for a while, and then, like I said, I got a full-time job, and I was like, well, I want to keep watching this. So I think I actually recorded it, because, again, it was before DVR, so I think I actually recorded it on a VHS tape <laughs> so that I could yeah. keep watching it. Um, this is a continuation of the Batman legacy. Uh, it depicts teenager Terry McGinnis as the new Batman in a futuristic Gotham City, and that's the thing I liked about it. I wanted to see like which characters were going to show up, how they were going to show up, 
um, and things like that. Uh, it was considerably darker than most of the other children's programs at the time. Yeah. And uh, producer Bruce Tim recalls it was conceived as a kid-friendly Batman cartoon originally. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's funny because there was like a, a drought of really good animated cartoons at the yeah. time in the mid to late nineties. Uh, there just really wasn't anything else on that yeah. was, that was really good. I mean, you had a few that were okay. Um, and towards the mid two thousands, it picked up again, but there was like from the mid nineties to the and early two thousands, there wasn't much on that was really just well-produced no. like overall. So, I mean, I don't think this was competing against a lot, but I think, um, you know, if they were trying to appeal to a younger audience of kids, it's more like a high school age. Yeah, yeah. Just in general, about about like the the tone, how how violent it was. The music and, and the everything. music was really like heavy metal. Yeah, and and they always showed them like hanging out in the club dancing. That was like part of yeah. the opening sequence and everything else was showing his girlfriend like dancing in the club and stuff like that. Right. Um, now IGN named this show the 40th on their list of top 100 animated TV series. Um, and here's why you feel like it lasted longer, uh, than it did. It's because many times it crossed over with other cartoons in the DC animated universe. That's probably true because they go back and revisit it in, in various story arcs. Like I know in the justice league unlimited, they do a time traveling one where they spend like a two or three arc storyline in the Batman Yep. Beyond Universe. Yeah. So that universe crossed over with the show Static Shock, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, and Batman the Brave and the Bold. Okay. And we're about to see Terry McGinnis uh, actually appear in DCU proper uh, in the weekly series that's about to come out called Future's End. Ah, oh, um, very cool. And they, I mean, but there has been a, a Batman Beyond comic. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's really good, too. Yeah. But there, again, you were taking a character that started in a cartoon and is now going to, uh, very soon, is about to become part of the main DC universe. I mean, which... as soon as you do that, that means that this is canon. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, I always thought it was interesting because uh, Kevin Conroy is Bruce Wayne still. So yeah. that's part of what kept it feeling like this was all in the same universe is you had the exact same voice as Bruce Wayne and you're like, Oh yeah, you know, okay. Yep. And it's easy to accept. And then Barbara Gordon's older and they have like a history, but they never quite got together. Yep. Um, which is kind of weird too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because like she's Batgirl, much younger adolescent at the time that we last saw her. Right. But then now obviously they're both quite a bit older, older adults and basically at retiring age or older. And, um, and they kind of had a past history. And also, if you kind of think, well, Nightwing and Batgirl were kind of a thing. Yeah. And so Batman, like, how does that work with Batman? But anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So it just it, it has this kind of strange possible future. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's um, you were mentioning some of the uh, voice actors. Uh, Terry McGinnis was uh, voiced by an actor named Will Friedel. Uh, like you said, Kevin Conroy was Bruce Wayne. Uh, Barbara Gordon had two different voice actor actresses. Uh, oh, that's interesting. From 1999 to 2000, it was Stocker Channing. And then from 2000 to 2001, it was Angie Harmon. Mm. Um, the funniest voice actor I found was for Ace the Dog. What? <laughs> Do you know who did the voice of Ace the Dog? No, who's that? Fr- Frank Welker. 
Also, Frank Walker. Also known as Megatron. <laughs> well, no, yeah, you told me that on the last episode. I'm like, who's this Frank Walker fellow? That's twice I've gotten stuck by that. I need to learn that name. He was the dog? He was the dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Megatron's a dog. <laughs> um, if anyone has not seen um, the Justice League Unlimited series where they did, they kind of closed the mystery of Terry McGinnis. Please skip ahead a few minutes because <laughs> I don't, I don't was, care. I'm spoiling it right now. <laughs> yeah, because I was, uh, I, I remember, like I said, I wasn't following Batman Beyond strictly as we went through, but I knew enough about the character and in general had seen enough episodes that I got, you know, that there was kind of some, some dangling plot lines, right? Yeah. You know, that they're never quite resolved. And the fact that they went back and really paid <laughs> off, um, and we're talking four to five years later. Oh yeah. Uh, in real in real time, you know uh, yeah. that they went back into an old. They took a current show to resolve unanswered issues of a show four years previously. Like right. that was that that really to me proves that it's a shared universe. Yeah. You know that they oh, yeah. have that they're committed to the the continuity that they've created and the, this overarching world. Like that can only come about when you have somebody like Bruce Tim uh, and Paul Dini, or just that team of people that are the producers and have a say. I mean, if you want to compare it to say like the Joss Whedon Avengers right now, yeah, you know what I mean, just having one person in charge yep. who has a complete vision yep. and is aware of all these things. Like if you had different producers for each one of these shows, this would have never happened. Yeah. And, and I just think it's phenomenal that they, that it even came about and, and went off so and well. I, and I love the whole, I think it was a two-parter also that revealed who Terry McGinnis was. And it was him talking with Amanda Waller. And yeah. this is like the Amanda Waller, like the one that everyone looks to as actually being Amanda Waller. Right. Um, the one that's basically going to stab you in the back if she has to. And like totally built like a truck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and... uh Basically, if I'm remembering right, uh, Terry McGinnis is basically the clone of Bruce Wayne. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, what? Yeah. But it, was, it wasn't it was done like, oh, he's a clone of Bruce Wayne, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was, they built up to this thing, and it yeah, was I, so yeah, it cool. it was really well done. It, was, yeah. it paid off. I mean, if you're going to do a clone, you know, quote-unquote clone story, uh, it could not have been done better. I, I think it's done really well. Yeah, and I'm very curious if with this Future's End story, if we're going to get Terry McGinnis coming from an alternate Earth, because there is an Earth-16, I think it is, is the DC animated universe. Okay. I wonder if he's going to cross over or if they're going to just build a new Terry McGinnis and he's going to have and he's going to be a clone of Bruce Wayne. And maybe we just won't know that or who knows what they're going to do. So. Oh, I, I think they could really take it either direction. I think just the fact that they have... A Terry McGinnis, you know, in real world canon. Yeah. I think is is homage enough. Like that's Absolutely. cool enough that they've introduced this character. I don't I don't think that they would feel uh a need to to make every string tie together, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. They they could. Like you said, they have the alternate earths and they could just bring him in and transport him in. And then that's why that's one way you could say, here's the character, but none of the other storylines that apply to him have to found you know, be weaved into our current 
universe. And I have a feeling that what's going to happen is since it's the future's end story is supposed to take place in the future, like five years in the future or something like that, um, that he's just going to appear as a character. And part of the story is going to reveal who he is and where he comes from and stuff like that. So, yeah. So then we go into another TV series, uh, Static Shock. Uh, which was started September 23rd of 2000, and it went to May 22nd of 2004. So it actually went for quite a few years, a lot more than I thought it did. I know this is this is like the opposite. I thought Batman <laughs> Beyond went longer than it did. And Static Shot, I thought was a flash in the pan, but it was on for four years. It was on for four years. Um, so the series centers around the adventures of DC comic superhero Virgil Ovid Hawkins, also known as Static, and is based on the original Milestone Media Static Comics. Uh, after the show's initial run on the WB, it was later picked up for a rebroadcast by Cartoon Network, uh, airing initially during the Maguzi block, is, was that time, the, the shows that they were showing during that. Uh, Disney XD aired the reruns of the series, starting with season one, in February of 2009, uh, in the United States up until 2010. Currently, Warner Brothers has no plans to release the series on DVD. Mm. But in 2011, the first season was made available for download on iTunes. Oh, okay. Yeah, it might be something I want to go back and watch. Like, I I remember I not having any interest in this at the time. Yeah. Um, I remember when Static came out, the comic book, through Milestone. There's a few Milestone books that I kind of liked and and followed on and off. Now, this was created by Dwayne McDuffie. Yes. Which I think because of how well this show was run – and Dwayne McDuffie being involved in the writing of the show is what really cemented him as one of the main writers for the Justice League. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, series that we're going to talk about in just a minute. And I think it's just worth saying, I mean, I think Dwayne McDuffie did a phenomenal job, both oh, on the yeah. JLA series. And, and I'd like to go back and rewatch this. I haven't seen it. Yeah, this is one um, of those ones where I've I've seen some episodes here and there. I, like when, I, when it was on, I, I would catch an episode here and there. And I had no idea who the hell Static was. But I was like, oh, it's a cartoon with superhero. Let me watch it. Right. Um, I didn't even know it was DC at the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, oh, okay. And then I started seeing these milestone comics at the comic shop. And I didn't realize that they were also kind of DC. And so I was just confused, but I did enjoy the episodes I saw, but not enough where I was like, oh, I need to keep watching them, uh, you know, religiously or anything like that. I would just, if they were on, I'd watch them. If I missed them, I missed them. But, um, like you said, they are something that I would love to be able to go back and watch the whole series because I'm wondering how many like Easter eggs are in there of things I would know. Yeah. And, and like we were just saying, there was even a crossover, in the Static Shock, uh, there was an episode where Static Shock goes 40 years in the future, right? right. And uh, and and he would in that whole episode takes place in the Batman Beyond universe also. Yep. So that's yep. kind of another chance for them to kind of jump ahead and pay homage and really tie this universe together. And we see the character of Static appear again in the f- a future version of Static appear in the Justice League cartoon as well. So right. Um, so the voice of Static was done by Phil Lamar, who was also the voice of John Stewart. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, then we had Robert Hawkins, which was his dad, was voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson, which uh, that name will appear many, many times as well. So, um, And then the funny name that I came from, I pulled out of this one, was a character named Adam Evans, who was known as Rubber Band Man. And yeah. he was voiced by Kadeem Hardison. Do you know who Kadeem Hardison was? No. He was Dwayne Wayne on the show A Different World. Ah. <laughs> Dwayne Wayne, no way. <laughs> 
So, uh, so, oh, that's hilarious. So I saw that one. I was like, oh, got to pull that one out. <laughs> um, then we go into a show that I think very few people watch because it was on for like a season, <laughs> which was the, the Zeta Project. Oh, okay. And this ran from January 27th of 2001 to August 10th of 2002. Um, it's actually, believe it or not, a spinoff. Uh, the character is Zeta from the Batman Beyond episode of the same name. So there's a Batman Beyond episode called Zeta that this character comes from. Uh, the same, the, the story's main character is, uh, if infiltration unit Zeta is a humanoid robot designed to carry out covert assassinations on behalf of the national security agency. However, when Zeta discovers that one of his targets is innocent, he experiences a kind of existential crisis about goodness and the value of life. Following this epiphany, Zeta finds he can no longer kill, and the newly enlightened Zeta refuses to continue on as an infiltration unit and abandons his mission, going rogue. Zeta is pursued by a team of NSA agents led by the obsessed Agent Bennett and is aided by a 15-year-old runaway, Rosalie uh, Rowan. Oh, man. So I do remember watching like a couple episodes of this, much like Static at the time. I, I watched a couple episodes, but I didn't see very many of them. Like, if you tell me the Zeta Project, I I can picture in my head what the robot looks like. That's about it. <laughs> wow, I can't even do that. Yeah, this is this. I don't know anything about this. That was yeah. Now the voice actors from this one are very interesting. Uh, so Zeta, the character of Zeta was voiced by Dietrich Bader. Do you know who Dietrich Bader is? Uh, that sounds familiar too, but I don't know. Oswald from the Drew Carey show. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's done, he's actually done quite a bit. Yes. Of, uh, voice acting and even in some of the more recent stuff too, right? Yes. His, his name's going to really shock you later on. So, okay. Um, and then we had agent James Bennett, which was one of the agents tracking him down was voiced by Kurtwood Smith. Kurtwood Smith is was red on that '70s show, uh, <laughs> the father on that '70s show. Oh, I could see that. He's got a good voice. I yeah. can see him being a voice actor. Yeah, and he appears many times also. Uh, then we also have Agent West was voiced by Michael Rosenbaum. Do you know who Michael Rosenbaum? Yeah, he's was? Uh, he was Lex Luthor on Smallville, right? Yes, exactly. Now and then he goes on to to become a prominent voice actor for Flash. Yes, and for years, I mean, he did Flash for a long, long time. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and then we also have Agent Rush, who was voiced by an actress named Erica Alexander. And I would I'd be shocked if you knew what she did. But oh, what's that? She was Cousin Pam on The Cosby Show. <laughs> so the well, later talking, years. That's fun. Well, talking about obscure, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the TV sitcoms from that time period in the previous show, Static Shock. Oh, I noticed just one of the voice actors, and I don't know what the, what the character was on the show, but one of the the actor's name was Jason Marsden. Yeah. And I thought, I was like, oh, is that uh, James Marsden? Like, I was confusing him with James Marsden. Who I was, did, too. And then I was like, oh, so I went and looked it up. And he uh, and he was actually on the TV show Step by Step. Yes. And he was like JT's best friend on yes. Step by Step. <laughs> and I was like, this is it's so crazy how these actors who might be on a sitcom – or a side role in movies and stuff, and then they just get into voice acting, and yeah. then they're, like, all over the place. Yeah, exactly. So, again, him, him, if you look at his filmography, it's just full of stuff. And it's okay. like you would have never have thought, oh, this was this obscure side character on an old sitcom. Oh, we're gonna, and we're going to have a lot more of those, too. <laughs> so 
I every time I saw a name where I was like, oh, who is that? I'd click on their name and I'd be like, oh, that's funny. I'm going to put them on my list. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of really cool. So then we get into one of definitely one of the great series, uh, which is Justice League. Yeah. Uh, and that ran from November 17th, 2001 to May 29th of 2004. So Static so, actually ran longer. <laughs> I was going to say, well, this was running simultaneously with Static Shock. Yes, yeah. Yes. Well, and I mean, I take Justice League. It was a three year uh, series, but it immediately rolled over into Justice yes. League Unlimited. And there's kind of a funny little story as, as in, in that transition. Yeah. But um, but I mean, so you can kind of think of Justice League as running for at least five years because yeah. Justice League ran for three and Justice League Unlimited ran for two. And it was just a continuation of it. Yes, but it was. Anyway, they're they're based on two very different premises, but yeah, and obviously it was based on the Justice League of America um, and associated comic book characters from DC Comics. Um, yeah, and this was one of this was another one that opened with like a movie style. It was like an hour and a half long movie almost. Yeah, uh, of the team getting together, and to me, this was one of my favorite ways of the Justice League getting together. Like, there's been so many different versions of the Justice League getting together and how they got together and why they get together. Yeah. But this is definitely one of my favorites. Well, it's very much based on here's a crisis. And then so these heroes start showing up to basically help with it. But they don't know each other or they no. might have heard of each other. Yeah. But um, just seeing them start to gel and who they naturally gravitate to as far as who should be kind of leading the group or yep. or taking orders. And, um, yeah, it's a really good like three part um kind of opening to the whole series. It's yeah. really good. Done yeah. really well. And now the, the, now the five main cast members for the because yeah it's important to point out there are some other characters whose spotlight might come in an episode or two but for the most part it really revolves around the five main characters of wonder woman green lantern flash mm-hmm. martian manhunter yep and hawk girl and then you have kind of a batman superman right uh, so i guess there's seven i mean but yeah yeah seven. this is this was like your big seven this was like yeah. morrison's version of the justice league that I kind of related the two together because Morrison had his big seven and this show had its big seven. So, right. And I thought, I, I thought it was great that they used Martian Manhunter. Oh yeah. Which, um, they could, they could have gone with maybe a, a more higher profile character, but I think, um, you know, he's been on every iteration of the justice league. Yeah. And I think it was great that you, know, cause we haven't seen him in with any screen time up to this point. Right. Um, and the Green Lantern, I think you know, Hal Jordan was still dead in the comics at this point. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's kind of your choice of using Kyle Rayner, John Stewart, or Guy Gardner. And it's because of this cartoon being so popular that when they did the Green Lantern live action movie, there were so many people that grew up with this cartoon that said, wait a second, I thought Green Lantern was black. I know. Like, it, it, it really made popular Green Lantern as, uh, yeah, John, the John Stewart character. Yeah. Really yeah. kind of cool. Um, and when I think of my Justice League, and I think of like who the big seven are, like like you said, Martian Manhunter is part of my big seven. I mean, it's these, yeah. it's pretty much these characters other than Hawk Girl. Um, <laughs> I was about to say that, and I think you can kind of see why. You know, they they wanted a black guy to be on the team. They wanted another girl on the team right. besides Wonder Woman. So it was a way to diversify the team. Right. Because um, I'm like, why wouldn't you have hot guy or hot guy, hot guy, hot man? <laughs> why don't you have more hot guys on this team? <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Boy, don't put you in charge of a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Ah. So um, anyway, but yeah, I mean, it's 
Yeah, and this, I mean, it really is the Big Seven, it, or at least a version of that. You've yeah. got, you know, possibly it, you could switch out Hawk Girl with with you know, Hawk with Hawkman Aquaman. or well, I would or Aquaman. I, yeah, I would switch her out with Aquaman because that's really my Big Seven. Is Aquaman's in my Big Seven? So right. And would you have Hal Jordan or I would John have, Stewart? Well, yeah, I would have Hal Jordan, but I would think so. That's just because that's my favorite. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, but that's John basically Stewart, it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, I love Hal Jordan or John Stewart and. Um, and this Flash was kind of, it, I believe this Flash was Wally West, but he was kind of almost an amalgam of Barry Allen and Wally West. So I think he really was. He was kind of just combining their personalities and their backgrounds and just like making a Flash. You know what I mean? They weren't, they, they really didn't go into his backstory much. I mean, there's a few episodes where you might have seen him with his girlfriend. Yep. And I'm pretty sure he was, he was Wally West. Yep. Yeah. He was the Wally West Flash. So all of his background or side characters that were in the comics were there for him. But I think his uh, power levels, his, um, yeah, it was, there's just some very silver age yeah, aspects to his character. Yep. And then, uh, so Superman was actually voiced by jo- George Newbern, who does actually Superman for a lot of other stuff also later on. Um, and it's funny because I always assumed it was Tim Daly still. Me too, and it wasn't. It wasn't until I went back and was kind of watching these, and then they had a uh, a recent Justice League movie where they kind of got all the old cast back together. Yeah, where you had Tim Daly, Kevin Conroy, Michael Rosenbaum, and um, and a few others. Um, I think who's who's uh, Carl Lumbly did, does Green Lantern, right? Uh, Phil Lamar did uh, Green Lantern. Okay, uh, John Stewart, and then you had Susan Eisenberg was Wonder Woman. Uh, like you right. said, Michael Rosenbaum was the Flash. Kevin Conroy was Batman. Um, now, one thing that was funny when I looked up who George Newbern was, like I said, he did the voice of Superman. Um, you <laughs> want to talk about a really obscure character that appeared on a sitcom? Uh, <laughs> he was Danny on the, on a few episodes of Friends. He was the Yeti guy down in the basement that they f- sprayed with uh, a fog thing. <laughs> And then Rachel later on tried to date him and he had no interest in her. And then they did date for a little while and, and stuff that's like hilarious. that. So that's funny. So that's who that was. Um, now, yeah, but it wasn't until Tim Daly came back on and was the voice. I was like, Oh yeah, that's yeah. Superman. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, uh, but I think this ran for so long again, it was like a combined five years yep. that, and it was a good Superman. Like he came across really well in the voice yep. um, that I never thought it never took me out of it. Now there's been a couple people, or a couple more recent Superman voices that I haven't liked. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, and that's when you really notice it. But in this, like Tim Daly and this uh, George Newbern, I think we're both on par with. Oh yeah, like nailing that character. Absolutely. Now Mark Hamill did the voice of the Joker for some of the episodes that featured the Joker, but he also did the voice of Solomon Grundy. Oh, I didn't know that. Very. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, um, then we get into a, a series. Uh, uh, Teen Titans, uh, which was July 19th of 2003, and it ran till January 16th of 2006. Nice. Uh, it was very loosely based on the Marv Wolfman and George Perez <laughs> run of New well, Teen Titans. Yeah, very loosely. <laughs> very <I> mean, loosely. <laughs> by the fact that they had similar characters, and that's right. probably about it. And, <laughs> and their powers were similar enough. Um, right. I now I I absolutely loved the show. Now I remember when it came out. It was uh, it was much goofier. Yes, and it had a, and took a lot of these like anime tropes and and 
you know, just kind of nods to the, to that style of animation. Um, you know, like the big teardrop appears on their head or they get into little chibi figures when they get upset with each other or that kind of stuff. Um, and so it, it was obviously, uh, geared towards a younger audience yeah. but i you know i would look back on it and i actually got into it and right about then it was um well i think towards the tail end of when the series was coming out i got all the dvds mm-hmm. and my son was only a couple years old and i was kind of watching these with him a little bit and um so i i've rewatched this series in its entirety probably five or six times oh wow i mean it's ridiculous how much i've seen this and it's funny because that um, it, it went really well, and then it was kind of canceled, like a lot of these shows has, yeah. have a shelf life of three to four years. And then there was kind of this huge following that they didn't realize. Yeah. Um, and so when it went out, everybody was kind of upset about it. And yeah. they uh, so since then, like kind of jumping ahead to more recently, you have the Teen Titans Go right TV show, which is much sillier. I mean, just um, yeah, incredibly more ridiculous. We will get into that. Yeah. <laughs> Than this show was, but it was. Um, but what I love is that they brought back all the same voice actors. Yes, they did. Yeah. So um, anyway, so the now, old with, Titan show, I, I I actually thoroughly enjoyed this, even though it was so different. It was such a different tone than everything else. Yeah, I will say that it, when this one initially came out, I did not enjoy it at all because <laughs> because it was so different and because yeah. it was silly and everything else. But then it was one of those things I had heard from people. I was like, oh, that it, it's it's getting better, and you should check it out again and stuff like that. And then I started watching it, and it got dark. I mean, it no, it really did. Every was, time you had like Deathstroke come in, and they yeah. called. Now it was interesting too because I actually knew the guy uh, Merrill Hagen, who was one of the writers. We actually went to school together, mm-hmm. and uh, we, he was well. He went. We went to the same school, not at the same time. He was like, he's I don't know five five years older than I am or something. But anyway. Um, it, we both went back to the Savannah College of Art and Design one year for like uh, you know professionals come back and talk to students. Right. And I was talking. I was like, man, I love this show that you worked on, and and we were just kind of geeking out about it. And he was talking about how much of a headache it was <laughs> because they were run through the Cartoon Network, and at the exact same time, everything else was run through the WB. Oh, uh, okay. And, uh, so early on, um, I don't know exactly how the dates work out, but you know, um, the Justice League cartoon. Even though it was run through the Cartoon Network, had the Justice League cartoon, J, uh, Justice League had certain rights to certain characters, and um, they were not allowed to even mention Batman's name, let alone show him on the show. I did notice that, yeah. So I mean, you never hear any reference to Robin being Batman's sidekick or anything right. like that. I mean, it's never even mentioned. Right. And and then he was just like, uh, he's like, this is driving us crazy. We can't even link it up with the rest of the DC universe. So right. it was a show completely self-contained kind of on its own. Yep. They could deal with, uh, you know, bad guys, right. That, yeah. you know, the teen Titan in the, in the teen Titans pantheon of, right. of side characters and, and, uh, previous members and all, they they could touch on that and yep. introduce those characters. But yeah, anyway, but yeah, no. And, and like you said, it was one that I stayed away from for a while. And then I came back and watched it when it finally, like I said, some of the stories started getting darker, like you said, with Deathstroke and everything else. And I was like, okay, this is, this. yeah, that one's good. You have a lot of stuff with Raven and Trigon. Yeah. And... Yeah. So then I was like, okay, I'll watch this for a while. <clears throat> um, you, have, so... you have one where they go to the future and, and, uh, bat, or Robin becomes Nightwing. Yeah. 
that was a really good episode too, yeah. where like Cyborg is stuck in the tower and and Nightwing is like this really gruff and he's got like this mullet and they talk about <laughs> his terrible hair. It's great. <laughs> um, now some of the voice actors, Cyborg was voiced by Carrie Payton, uh, and the reason I noted him was because he also did the voice of Aqualad on Young Justice. I know, and that's such a different character. Like, yeah, you you have Cyborg in the original series, which is kind of goofy. But at the same time, can be serious at times, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have Aqualad, who he's very serious. Very serious, yeah. I mean, he he doesn't joke around at all. He's very kind of subdued and, and serious. And then immediately after Young Justice, he does Teen Titans Go, which is ridiculous. It's such a ridiculous <laughs> show. And it's, you're like, man, this guy has crazy range. It's yeah. awesome. I love this. I love this guy. He's like one of my favorite voice actors now. Um, Raven was voiced by Tara Strong, who does actually the voice of Harley Quinn in the Arkham games. Oh, okay. That's so, cool. Um, and then we have, this is another one of my little nuggets that I pulled out. <laughs> uh, the character of Tara. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the girl with the rock forming powers, uh, was voiced by Ashley Johnson. Do you have any clue who Ashley Johnson oh, was? This. Chrissy Seaver from Growing Pains. <laughs> No way. <laughs> oh, the Seavers, man. Let me tell you. Um, she was definitely when the show jumped the shark. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, so towards the tail end of that one. Yes. So then we have, uh, as you had, we were talking about earlier, then we had Justice League Unlimited that came out. And that started July 31st of 2004, and it went till May 13th of 2006. Right. So this is only... What, two full seasons? Right. Yeah, two, three seasons. I think it went for about three um, total. I think, um, like, the first season was extremely long. Like, yes. it's fired in DVDs. You know, it's, like, it's a very long season. And the second season's... Very short. Uh, short. <laughs> it's, like, 13 episodes or something. But, you know, if you took that and broke it up over three years of, you know, programming, it's basically three seasons worth. And there was the movie Starcross that actually linked the Justice League with the Justice League Unlimited. Right. Uh, which was a very cool story because it had Hawkman and the Thanagarians and, and everything. It was really so cool. So basically, yeah, the, the Hawk Girl was there on Earth basically as a scout. Yep. Um, like the, like And the Thanagarians were going to infiltrate and, and take over Earth. And so then, you know, the so Justice League feels betrayed by her because she basically paves the way for the Thanagarians to come in. She switches sides. So actually, Hawkman in this story is, is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because he's like leading the troops of the Thanagarians to take over Earth, which is a strange take on Hawkman and Thanagarians in general. But yep. um, now they did this when they were writing the story Starcross. They actually had no plans of doing Justice League Unlimited. Right. So they, when they were building up, this is the huge finale to Justice League. They did. Right. They had finished the series. Now we're going to do this big two or three part movie. Um, you know, just to really kind of they, they destroy. The Watchtower. Yep. Right? They, um, there's like the, the team is in shambles and, and basically they overcome and they, you know, they beat the Thanagarians. But you have like Hawk Girl just outed as a complete traitor. And, uh, you know, they, the team is basically kind of disbanded. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like they all win and they're all standing there together at the end, like, oh, good job. But their headquarters is destroyed. Like they just, they're like, all right, this is the finale. And we're getting canceled, so we're just going to throw it all in the pot and just make it the best finale we can. Yeah. So then they do that, and right towards the tail end of production of the Starcross uh, movie, 
They're like, hey, we just got picked up for another two seasons. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> so there was this kind of um, like in the commentaries or the behind the scenes I've seen. They're just talking about this real mixed emotions. You know, they. Oh, yeah. They're putting everything they could into this finale because they're like, all right, this is it. You know, this is the, this is all. And they were sad there wasn't any more. But you kind of you, you you come to accept it and you want to make it the best thing you can. And then they're like, all of a sudden, it just threw it on its ear. And they're like, OK, well, how do we make this next <laughs> Justice League Unlimited, you know, that continue on? They're like, all right, right, well, we're we're at a good like restarting point. You know, right. so how do we make the premise of this show different than what we have just done and they just went big it was awesome the justice league unlimited is is i think um it's got to be my favorite cartoon series almost i think ever it's hard for me to say like what's my absolute favorite but it's it's for sure in my top five and it's probably number one this this is number two but there is a a series that comes later that is probably equally tied for me with this one Right. Um, but Justice League Unlimited, they just said, you know what? Screw it. Let's bring all of the DC universe into this show. <laughs> Man. See, now, like, remember I was talking about the impact of, like, say, like the DC universe in general, like between yeah. the Superman cartoon. Like, for me, is where it really hits its stride in Justice League Unlimited. You saw um, characters you never thought you'd see in a cartoon, ever. 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 We had those, like, uh, Wonder Beast and, like, you know, like. Yeah, Buona Beast, yeah. <laughs> Beast, that's right, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, there's um, I mean, it, it, there's just cameos every episode, and sometimes they revolve around kind of yeah, incorporate the big seven, but then sometimes they don't. Like the very first episode has a uh, Green Arrow, Supergirl, and Captain Adam, yeah, uh, taking out this big radioactive man in China or some you know Asian country, yeah, and and I'm like that's that's awesome. It's basically a way to see Green Arrow. Just kicking butt, you know. And you'd it's, see, you'd see Booster Gold hanging out with Beetle, Blue Beetle. <gasps> that is one of my favorite episodes. Oh yeah. Was it called Measure of a Man? Measure of a Man, yeah, yeah. Booster Gold is trying to. Uh, <laughs> so good. Like this is one I'd have to go back and maybe do a commentary on with you because yeah. this is like one of my favorite episodes. I watched this over and over, and then I would get friends to come over to my house. You have to watch this episode because yeah. it was so- it was a perfect blend of those two characters like that partnership was never defined as well as it was on that show i think so i mean it it just captured the epitome of what made it captured it perfectly exactly yeah Yeah. Um, Yeah. it was so anyway yeah there was just it was great because they would have two or three very serious episodes and then kind of a a more light-hearted one yeah uh and, and like so they would incorporate booster gold or there was one where Cersei turns Wonder Woman into a pig, and then Batman's trying to get everybody to help go and find her. Yep. And change her back. And, and um, that's where you get Buona Beast comes in. Yep. Anyway, um, but the, then you had, but then they also started incorporating more of the two or three arc. Yeah. Huge. Like, almost, they would seem like a season finale, but you get two or three of these in each yep. season. Yeah. Now, what they, uh, the thing I found interesting with this is that this series was meant to be the final series in the long-running DC animated universe. Mm, So the Batman animated series started in 1992, and this was meant to be the end of it, which is probably why they went so big with it and why we got a lot of loose ends tied up, such as the Batman Beyond that we talked about before. Right. That makes sense, too, yeah. So um, here's some voice actors that I I plucked out, other than the typical ones we've been mentioning and everything else. Well, the the other thing, real quick, well, 
I tell you what, go through your voice actors because you might point out ones that I'm about to say. Well, and I was also going to say some of these characters might spark some thoughts for you too. Right. Um, so we had John McGinley, Mc, McGinley, who was Dr. Cox on the show Scrubs. He was uh-huh. the voice of the Atom. Oh, okay. Um, then we had Kevin Conroy, who, of course, was Batman, but he also did the voice of Atom Smasher, Commander Steel, and Crimson Avenger. I mean, that list alone tells you how obscure they got with yeah. <laughs> with the characters that they allowed on the show, even if they were in a background. But those all three of those guys must have had a speaking role at some point. Yeah. They weren't just like standing in the background. At the time I watched it, I had no idea who the hell the Crimson Avenger was. <laughs> <laughs> I know now who the Crimson Avenger yeah. is. Oh, but, there was definitely some characters in there um, that I didn't know. Yeah. And, like, I was introduced to these characters from the Unlimited. Yeah. yeah. Um, Captain Marvel was voiced by Jerry O'Connell. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Who was on Sliders. Sliders and, and everything, uh, yeah. Stand By Me, you know, years yep. ago. Yeah. Now, he that was one of my favorite episodes, too, where he and Superman have a huge fight. Yes. And to me, that was, like, a great... Uh, showcase of how different Captain Marvel and Superman are. I mean, yeah. you, everybody looks at Superman as the big boy scout, right? Yep. But you, to another level is Captain Marvel and as oh, part yeah. of his innocence and naivety as a young child that he's so trusting and so good yeah. you know, that it's almost to the point of being over the top and, and detrimental to a team, you know, because you're because you don't have the wisdom and the common sense that comes with how Superman balances it. It was a really good... Uh, juxtaposition of those two characters oh yeah i loved it um and then we had elongated man was done by jeremy piven who that's right (laughs) on entourage and he really gets showcased in that measure of a man with the booster gold one because he comes in and like saves the day and they're like whoa how'd you do that and and it's all (laughs) off screen like you never see any of it he's like well you know i've been brushing up on this and this right anyway we had uh hawk which is hank hall of hawk and dove yeah um, was voiced by fred savage (laughs) What? No way! Yes. <laughs> Wonder Years. Yes. Oh um, man, that's great. And it's from that cartoon that my son Connor, like Hawk and Dove, are one of his favorite characters. Yeah. And I'm like, what? He's like this seven year old <laughs> kid, and the Hawk and Dove are two of his favorites. I'm like, okay, like that's cool. <laughs> All right. Then we had a uh, Vigilante uh, was voiced by Nathan Fillion. Okay, now Vigilante was a character I didn't know about. Yeah. And it's funny because this came out. Uh, Justice League Unlimited was coming out not too long after Firefly. Yeah. Uh, you know, had its one season and kind of disbanded. I love that. And show. it was fantastic. But there's at least two, maybe three actors from Firefly that voice acted. Yes. Yeah. On this series. Yeah. And, uh, except for Vigilante was voiced by Michael Rosenbaum in the episode called Task Force X. So oh, okay. the other times that Vigilante appeared, which he did surprisingly appear more than once. Uh, yeah. The other times he it, appeared, yeah, yeah, he was voiced by Nathan Fillion the other times. So Right. He's kind of like the cowboy, yep. you know, rides a little speeder bike. Yep. And then we had uh, Steel, the character of Steel, and the character of Stripe, which was Pat Dugan, uh, was voiced by Phil Lamar, who did the voice of Jon Stewart. So. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And then we had uh, the character of, o- of Orion, uh, our good buddy, Ron Perlman. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, he shows up in a couple of the really big overarching, um, I think when they're fighting like Brainiac and yeah. a couple others or like that big uh, android. Yeah. 
character. Um, he shows up a couple times. Yeah, and um, I mean, yeah, it was like you said, it was just a fantastic series. Um, it's it's way the hell up there for me. Like I said, it's it's right behind Batman the animated series for me. So as much as I love GI Joe and Transformers. Um, Batman animated series and Justice League with just and I consider Justice League with Justice League Unlimited all one series. Yeah, yeah, just come take that odds together. All yeah, together. um, that to me is my number two. Um, I would say probably Transformers is number three and GI Joe's number four. Oh, and and those three and four are interchangeable back and right. forth any yeah. given day. But um, but yeah, I just you, you can't beat this animation on on these series and everything. So. One other, uh, just real briefly, I wanted to mention, again, it was a direct-to-DVD uh, movie that came out, was Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, which was kind of a, almost oh, a... Man, I totally con- forgot about that yeah, one. Almost a conclusion to uh, Batman Beyond. And in this, we got to see what happened. And this is the one where I mentioned ties Batman Beyond with the new adventures of Batman. Uh, because we got to see oh, right. Tim Drake Robin. Uh, actually, there's a whole secret as far as who this new Joker is and everything else, and it ties into that old series and kind of wraps up that old Batman The New Adventures series up. So hmm. it, it's really it's a dark story. I'm wondering if I've seen that. I might not have ever seen that one before. And there is a director's cut version of it, uh, gotcha. which is what I have on, on DVD. Um, but yeah, it, it, like I said, it, it does tie Batman Beyond with the Batman The New uh, Adventures and kind of puts a little bow on that. So Cool. And like I said, it's dark, but it's good. It's really good. Um, then we had a series come out called The Batman. Uh, which was September yeah. 11th, 2004 to March 22nd of 2008. Yeah, this one, uh, it's it's five seasons. Right. Um, and I didn't watch it as much when it was coming out. Uh, you know, but, as, but as soon as it came out on DVD, I picked it up. Yeah. And this is when I was getting in. This was actually the years that I was getting into picking up all the old DVDs that I could find of the old series and kind of rewatching everything was right as these were coming out. Yeah. So I've watched this series at least two or three times through because my son really got into him. And I was, I was surprised at, uh, it, it, the first season or two, you have to really kind of get into the different vibe and the different style, which is really hard to do. Oh, it's (laughs) tough. It's tough. But once you get into season three, especially you have the Batman Superman crossover and a couple other characters come in. And by season five, it's basically a Justice League cartoon. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, you have Martian Manhunter, uh, Flash, Green Lantern, Green Lantern, Superman. They're all in there and all at the same time. Yep. And Batman is actually building a Justice League, and he's trying to convince Superman to join. Yeah. Um, and that's like towards the tail end of the fifth season. It is it is a phenomenal show if you can get past that first season or two. Yeah, that, the first season's rough um, because you start looking at these characters and the villains especially, and you're just like, these are not Batman's villains. They're so especially Joker. They're so yeah. different. Um, yeah. They kind of take a again, they take a manga influence. And the guy who was the art director for the show, Jeff Matsuda, uh, he he was a comic book artist on X Factor back in the '90s. He created uh, New Men for Image Comics back in the early yeah. '90s. Um, so he was, I mean, he was a comic book artist, but then became, uh, you know, an, an, an art director and a character designer for animation yeah. for a number of series like Godzilla and and uh, Batman and a few others. But yeah, 
And uh, some of the uh, voice actors, and like you said, it was one of those ones where I liked it as it got further into it. And like you said, it basically became a Justice League cartoon. It, it starts off as like a Batman year one, but not as dark. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's Bruce Wayne just as he's becoming Batman. He's yeah. still kind of figuring it out. I mean, he's, I like it that, that it shows him kind of making mistakes and learning as he goes. Yeah. And, uh, by season three, you've, and season two brings in Robin season three brings in Batgirl. So he kind of builds up his, you know, the, you know, the, his little sidekicks as yeah. he goes. And I think each time they bring in these new characters, the show gets a little better. Yep. And uh, believe it or not, the series actually won six Daytime Emmy Awards. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't believe that. That's crazy. Well, I mean, obviously that happened, but it's, um, it's that's weird to think. And there was a spinoff movie, which I do own, called Batman vs. Dracula. I Oh, that's right. I haven't seen that, but I, I, I completely forgot about that one. It's all right. It's not bad. Um, but, yeah, it's not something I'd recommend I necessarily. that's on Netflix now. Probably. Probably. It could be a lot of the DC animated stuff did go up there. Now, some of the voice actors was uh, were very interesting because uh, they actually got some pretty notable names uh, as far as I was concerned. <clears throat> so you had uh, Batman was voiced by uh, an act voice actor named Reno Rom- Romano, and uh, he also did the voice of Spider-Man on the Spider-Man Unlimited cartoon. Oh, okay. And was also Eduardo Rivera on the Extreme Ghostbusters, <laughs> who was the guy that was always trying to like debunk them and everything else. Uh, and I put in my notes, no relation to Hector Ramirez on G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we had Detective Ellen Yin uh, right. was voiced by Ming Na Wen, who is currently the actress that plays Melinda May on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, that yeah. Okay, I can totally see that. That's yeah. her voice that really connects, yeah. Yeah. And then there was a Chief Angel Rojas uh, for some episodes. It was voiced by Edward James Olmos. Okay, who's uh, on Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Um, and Commissioner Gordon was voiced by Mitch Pelagi, who was, uh, was Chief Skinner on The X-Files. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, uh, Ed, uh, Mayor Marion Grange was voiced by Adam West. Oh, that's great, man. I lo- it's kind of like throwing Stan Lee and all the, yeah. you know, like the animated, uh, Marvel stuff. Exactly. That's great that he gets in there on that. Yeah. Um, this is one, this is a series that I own, I think the first two seasons, which again are not the best ones. I know. Like those are, yeah, you gotta get um, into three, I gotta three get, five are the best. Yeah. And I did watch them all, but, uh, yeah. But I just don't own all of them yet, so I do. Man, want... you you've got to get them and rewatch. Just start in on season three because yeah. you don't need to rewatch one and two. No, I start don't. on season three, and then we can talk about how awesome it is again. Oh because, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's worth if we do like a review. We could go in and do a, a stronger review of the show. Yeah, and not that I'm just completely over the moon about it. I guess maybe it sounds like it. I I think it's just recently my son got back into it. Yeah, and and just very in the last couple months we watched seasons three through five, and I was like, I forgot how good these were because <laughs> of all the cameos and uh, other actors or other uh, characters that come in. Yeah, um, I was really I was I completely forgot how developed the they kind of built up the whole DC universe as a oh, whole, yeah. centered around Batman, and it yeah. was a cool way to take take it now the next series i'm going to mention is a series i don't own on dvd um i think only three volumes of it has has even come out and i want to own them uh because i did watch this and i really enjoyed the series which was legion of superheroes uh oh that's yeah well actually i did a comic book based on this oh, okay 
I did a fill in um, when the comic was coming out. I think it was issue sixteen or okay. seventeen or something. But um, yeah, I I remembered it was on and I wasn't watching it. And then I got hired on to draw this book, and I was like, oh crap, I should watch this. <laughs> so I, um, you know, I I, I think even then it's not like I'd been DVRing them or anything like that. So I watched a few weeks, you know, the weeks that I was working on the on the book, I was watching the episodes and. So this was from uh, September 23rd of 2006 to April 5th of 2008. So we're getting very close to contemporary time. Right. Um, the series centers around a young Superman's adventures with the 31st century, uh, fighting alongside the superheroes of the Legion of Superheroes. The show was produced uh, by its main designer, James Tucker, a co-producer of the Justice League Unlimited series, which is probably why I liked it so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, and again, this was a series that starts off for me. It started off for me like as a neat idea, and I was liking watching it, but then it got better and better as it went along. Um, probably because you got to really develop the characters at that point. So, I think you know initially you're just trying to you know it's not like Legion of Superheroes is is a main market yeah. type type cast of characters. It's kind of like deciding to do a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yeah. I mean, like nobody really knows who they are. Right. So you're going to spend the whole first half of the movie, or in this case, the whole first season, just trying to explain to people who these characters are. Right. And, and what makes them tick or their motivations, all that kind of stuff. Now, the series drew on the history of the Legion of Superheroes from the comics. Uh, it was taking inspiration from st- stories that were set during all different time periods in the 50-year history of the comics. Uh, so the continuity is internally consistent with the car- in the cartoon itself, but it's not shared with any previous incarnation of the Legion. So it was its own entity. Or even like other it's, – it's not really built into this – Bruce Tim universe necessarily. Right. right. Um, but it does, believe it or not, it does fit in fairly nicely. Cause again, we're dealing with Superboy and not Superman. Um, right. And it's like, it, it can, but yeah. by the nature of it, because it's so far in the future and you take Superboy from right. before, you know, adventures of Superman and transport him to the future. Like, sure it could happen, but it's not like they make direct reference no. to things that happen in those other episodes. No. Um, but for that reason, I do like it because I'm like, well, it can, it can fit in with everything else. And, and there's no, continuity issues or anything like that that you run into um so just a few of the voice actors from this was cosmic boy was voiced by will wheaton (laughs) that's funny uh and superman uh slash superboy was voiced by yuri lowenthal who is the voice of ben on ben 10 oh okay well and for anybody who doesn't know will wheaton is wesley on the star trek right i wasn't going to mention that on this show (laughs) (laughs) where are you daryl daryl where are you you're killing me um and then ultra boy was voiced by james arnold taylor and do you know what that name is from Mm, no again sounds familiar but i can think you're killing me man you know the you know the star trek guy but you don't know the star wars guy Uh, Uh, (laughs) the voice of obi-wan on the clone wars (laughs) I wouldn't have known that. Now, I don't know the I don't know the, the actors' names on the Clone Wars. I've watched every episode of the Clone Wars, but uh, he is he is probably the best known voice on there, other than Ahsoka's voice um, voice actress. So, um, but uh, yeah, James Arnold Taylor is the voice of Obi Wan. So, and he does a lot of other characters on the Clone Wars, also. Yeah, totally throw me under the bus like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Welcome to a collaboration between the GeekCast Radio Network and the Pop Culture Network. This is From the Command Center, the podcast. I am your host, TFG and Mike from the GCRN, and joining me is Zordon himself. Uh, oh, wait. I mean, Scotty Cash. That's right. Scotty Cash from the Pop Culture Network. And today we're introducing you to the audio version of From the Command Center, the podcast that will entail our intake on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the episodes, the seasons, and all that other good stuff. Movie Week in Review is the GeekCast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to MWire only on GeekCastRadio.com. Do you like retro shows? Did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s? Then tune into Telecast, GeekCastRadio.com's newest podcast, Join us here on the telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows, such as Clarissa Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, Saved by the Bell, and much, much more, only on GeekCastRadio.com. Is this thing on? Oh, goody. Why, hello there. It's your dear old Uncle Joker here. I bet you're asking yourself... What could I be possibly doing here, of all places? Well, I'm laughing at the fact that this new podcast presented by Geekcast Radio is called Legends of the Dark Knight. Who the heck knew the bat was so popular? Ugh. Join Steve, Mike, and sometimes Tara for reviews on the greatest DC animated universe cartoon to ever meet Gotham City. So join moi for the talk of the town, or I'll send Captain Clown after you. He gets mighty angry when he doesn't get to have his garbage skull. So put on a nice big smile and join us for the next GeekCast Radio Network podcast, Legends of the Dark Knight. Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in. Cybertron. Thank you, Soundwave. I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. Also, a few supplemental episodes in an interview with Stan Bush. So check out the TFG1 Podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transforming Rollout. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Mike. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one and longest-running G.I. Joe podcast, What's on Joe Mind? It's Joe News, reviews, and interviews like you've never heard them before, delivered right to your MP3 player. Our guests include Jason Marsden, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Matt Yang King from G.I. Joe Renegades, Larry Hama, Robert Atkins, and John Barber from IDW Publishing, and many more from around the online Joe community. Yeah, it's guys talking about Joe. 
Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right, and we pay again. Come on, Chuck. We're just kidding. Kinda. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right, and we... Okay, seriously, this is just getting ridiculous now. It's What's on Joe Mind every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. I suppose I still can't say something about Transformers, can I? Good. No. What about sports? That sounds good. Yeah, that's all right. So now we get into what is considered the start of the movie universe that they started up, which is Superman Doomsday. Okay, this one I don't think I've ever seen, which as I was kind of looking at a description of this, I didn't – I don't know why um, – I don't know. I, I, I should go watch this, but I think it was just right as it came out. I remember it didn't get very good reviews. Yeah, it's okay. I don't mind it. It's not great, but it's not bad. I know it gets bashed a lot. I don't think it deserves the bashing it gets. I don't think it deserves any necessary like big praise, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Okay, now it, it basically uh, covers the story of the death of Superman, yes. right? Where, where yeah. Doomsday it's comes loosely, out. It's like very loosely based on that. <laughs> Okay, now I was going to say, like, that's the only thing that intrigues me about it, because I absolutely love that storyline, just for nostalgic reasons. Yeah, well, basically take how big that story was. They couldn't make it that big. Right. And that's kind of where the complaints come in, is like, they're like, oh, it's so, it's such a derivative of that story, and it's such a watered-down version of it. And it's like, yeah, it kind of has to be. (laughs) Yeah, unless you're going to kill Superman. Right. Right. Um, So... It, it came out on September 21st of 2007, uh, and some of the voice actors in it were Adam Baldwin did the voice of Superman. Oh, okay. Uh, Anne Heshey did the voice of Lois Lane. Uh, James Marsters did the voice of Lex Luthor. And Kevin Smith did a voice cameo as a grumpy man. <laughs> now, um, so James Marsters played Spike in, in uh, yes. Buffy and Angel. Yes. But I don't know um, uh, Anne Hesh. What's she? That Anne sounds familiar. Heshy. Um, I have to look her up real quick here for you. But yeah, I mean, she's an actress. She's a well-known actress, I believe. Yeah, that name sounded familiar, but I can't. The other ones I don't know as well. But yeah, um, she was in Six Days and Seven Nights with uh, Harrison Ford. Uh, she was. Let's see, oh, okay. I know who you're talking about now. Yeah. In the remake of Psycho, stuff like that. So. Okay. So, yeah. So that that's who that was. Um, yeah, I kind of think the, these first few movies, the Superman Doomsday, Justice League New Frontier, Bat- Batman Gotham Knights, um, I kind of take those three and I don't quite feel like they group into... I feel like uh, the, the the original movie kind of universe really picks up steam with Wonder Woman and the Just and the Green Lantern one. Yeah, it does. Um, however, the Superman Doomsday is considered the first of, of the official directed to video projects that they started. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in my opinion, it does fit in pretty well with the Adventures of Superman that we left in the you know. Oh, okay. Back in the day. Now the art style is different, of course. Right. Yeah. But I feel like it could kind of fit into that world. Um, 
Then we get into Justice League, The New Frontier, uh, which came out on February 26th of 2008. And it was, of course, based on Darwin Cook's uh, graphic novel, DC, The New Frontier, where the heroes of Earth unite to take on an evil entity called The Center. This, to me, was phenomenal. Um, but I also am a huge fan of the uh, the, the graphic novel that Darwin I, Yeah, I think this was one of the, the first times where you really got a sense that if they're going to adapt a story from the comic book, they're going to try and appropriate the art style from yes. that book and apply it to an animated style. So, so the, the cartoon itself is going to be kind of an, an amalgamation of those two you know, what's practical for animation and what was the art style or direction they're trying to accomplish with the comic book and then put those together. Um, so if you're a fan of the new frontier book or Darwin, Darwin Cook's style, then, then this is spot on. Oh yeah. Um, if for me, I think I didn't read new frontier, the comic before I had seen this movie, okay. which I think is probably unfortunate because yeah. for me, the movie then became the representation of this, of the story. And, and not that it's too far off base. Right. Um, but I think, I, obviously, I think the book's better and, it, and yeah. it has more character development because it can. Right. Um, so anyway, yeah, New Frontier isn't... And, what, and then my son tried to watch it recently, and I hadn't seen it in a long time. And I think right in the first couple of minutes, somebody shoots somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Or something like that. And it's like, bang, right in the face, dead. Right. And Laura, my wife was like, what is this? I'm like, I think Justice League. Like, and she's like, what? And Connor's like, this is scary. This is an adult movie. And I'm like, all right, turn it off. You know? Um, I do have the absolute edition of new frontier. Um, okay. Cause I loved it that much. I thought it was fantastic. So, um, I did sell my single issues of it, of course, uh, un- unfortunately. And then I regretted having sold it, but, which is why I got the absolute edition. Cause I was like, well, if I'm going to get it back, I'm going to get it back in style. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I do. And because I love that story so much, I did love this, this uh, animated movie. I was a big fan of it when it came out. So, mm-hmm. um, so some of the voice actors from it were David Boreanaz, uh, did Hal Jordan. Uh, right. Green which Lantern. is angel yep. from the Buffy and angel series. Yep. And, and, and he's on bones. bones. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Kyle McLaughlin, uh, was Superman. Uh, Lucy Lawless was Wonder Woman. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, but mostly because you could totally see her playing Wonder Woman. Yes. Or at least back in the day. Yes. Um, and then we had uh, Neil Patrick Harris was Barry <laughs> Allen Flash. I love this because he's actually been a voice actor for quite a few of these. Oh, yeah. And I had forgotten that he was, uh, you know, that as far back as this movie, that he was doing voice, voice acting for the DC stuff. Yep. And then we had... Um, Jeremy Sisto was Batman, and he's currently the father on the show Suburgatory. Oh, okay, right. Um, and he's appeared in quite a few other things too. But he was on uh, Six Feet Under for yes. like HBO and yes. Um, then we have uh, Brooke Shields was Carol Ferris. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, and Kira Sedgwick was Lois Lane, and Keith David was the center. So. He was the the villain. Oh, Keith David is awesome. Yeah, he's like one of my fa- absolute favorite voice actors. Yeah. He just has that very recognizable, really deep yep. kind of voice. Um, he's been. I mean, what? I mean, what things can you say he's been in? I mean, he was in like uh, Chronicles of Riddick and oh yeah, uh, but he was like he was um, Goliath on Gargoyles, the Disney yes, cartoon series. Which I love that series. Yeah, he was really good. He was fantastic. I mean, he carried that show. 
He was uh, uh, in The Princess and the Frog. He was in The Thing back in the day. Uh, like <laughs> said, he was in Pitch Black and Chronicles of Riddick. Um, he's yeah, a, he was, yeah, he was in my Platoon. Favorite. Uh, my favorite role that he ever played, though, as far as himself, not voice acting-wise, <laughs> is uh, the one uh, with... Oh, God, what was it? It was... Um, uh, Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez were garbage men. Oh, men at work. Men right? at work. <laughs> and he was the crazy guy they picked up that had to, <laughs> had to ride along with them. That's crazy. You remembered that. Oh, it cracked me up because he played the crazy guy so perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have ever pictured him or thought of that. Yeah. It's funny. Um, so, yeah, it was, he's, like you said, he's just great with the voice that he has and everything. So, um, so then we get into the next movie was Batman Gotham Knight, uh, which came out July 8th of 2008. Uh, it was tying into the release of the 2008 Batman film, The Dark Knight. Right. And it's an anthology film that tells a series of stories that take place between two, 2005's Batman Begins and The Dark Knight movie. Right. And so this was kind of like um, what they would call, I guess, like a like a comic book anthology, right, where you have yeah. like a few different short stories that are all put together, yeah. uh, done by different creators. So I think it even had different writers, different anime studios yeah. uh, with their take on Batman. And to me, it was a little too disjointed. I, I found it was just kind of like, a, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, but I never watched it with anything anything more than that. It just didn't really carry a lot of Yeah, I'm not a big fan of this one. And I know there's a lot of people out there that love this one. And I am just really not a fan of this at all. Um I think it's just because there's so many different takes on Batman, even within four short stories. How many how many are there three or four? There's I think four, at least four, if not. Okay, yeah, so there's four. But like even between each one, Batman's different. Yeah. You know I mean, it's like it's like a different kind of Batman. Yeah. And so I would understand if it was the same type of Batman, just set in three different stories or three different environments or, you know, whatever. But um, the way they portrayed Batman, not just even how he was drawn, but just the character yeah. was so varied from from story to story. I just it just felt really disjointed to me. This one's definitely yeah. one I could skip. Yeah. Um, and, and it really doesn't tie into anything else before or after. Yeah, it's just it, so. completely on its own. That's, again, why I don't really consider this part of, yeah. even though it technically is a straight-to-DVD, yeah. you know, yeah. featured, you know, kind of DC thing. I, I don't really combine this with yeah. the others. Now, it, it did have Kevin Conroy as Batman. Uh, it did ha- it had Jim Meskimen as Lieutenant Gordon and Deadshot. Yeah. It's like only it's 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 only redeeming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin Michael Richardson was Lu- Lucius Fox, and uh, Jason Marston was uh, Thomas Wayne, and a- uh, Andrea Andrea Romano is Martha Wayne. So, okay, so there we see that uh, Jason Marston again, and yeah. um, Andrea and everything. So. George Newburn's in it. Yep. You know, so we've kind of said these names before, but yep. just as different side characters in these movies. Now. After that, the next TV series that came out was Batman Brave and the Bold, ah! <laughs> which came out in November 14th of 2008 and it ran till November 18th of 2011. Right, man. And ah, this, this, show. this cartoon focuses on <laughs> Batman's regular team-ups with various heroes similar to the most well-known version of the original comic book series. <laughs> okay, so this show, like... When it first came out, uh, I was like, this is not Batman. No. You know what I mean? Because like, I don't have that kind of 
love for the 60s campy Batman at all. It was just I don't time. either. And I, I wish, I I wish Daryl Taylor was on this episode yeah. with us because then you, we would have had the trifecta. We would have had three guys on the show that like Flint and not Duke. We would have had three guys <laughs> that um, there was something else that Daryl likes just like we do and and Chuck doesn't agree with. And right. oh, uh, and then and then he also does not care for the 66 Batman. Which I don't either. So yeah, it's like I did, I just didn't grow up on. It. I remember seeing it when I was a kid, but I just I wasn't as enamored with it as a lot of people when who might be a few years older than me or really got into it. And the but, hub and the hub tricks me every goddamn time. With <laughs> I I'm looking through the little guide and it says Batman. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna turn it on and I'm and it's the 66. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> He's like, darn you, hub. <laughs> No, see, like the way I see it is, um, so Batman: Brave and the Bold. I, I, I didn't watch the first se- season at all. Like I was just like, whatever, this is not at all. I'm not that interested in it. Yeah. Then I caught a few episodes and I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Like I watched them and yeah. I was like, you know, just the humor in it uh, was so over the top. Um, I was like, well, this is kind of humorous, right? And then right as it was getting into its its third season. And you had Aquaman as basically his sidekick in almost every episode. Yeah. And Aquaman was hilarious. hilarious yeah. Show. So, so funny. And the guy who voices Aquaman um, does, like, Jake the Dog on Adventure Time. Yeah. He does, like, it's literally. John, it's literally, John DiMaggio. Is yeah, John name. DiMaggio, which I think his name came up in, a, uh, I think, just in the, in the or, or he he's in the Wonder Woman yeah. movie and a few others. but. Yep. He uh, he is in he literally voices hundreds of characters. I mean, every he's like Bender on Futurama. He's I mean every oh this is the this is the show that I told. Remember I told you there was like a show that there was like four or five actors that do all the voices or almost yeah. all the voices. This is that show. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. He does so many voices on the show, and it it I mean I cannot stress enough how hilarious, especially getting into season three of Batman the Brave and the Bold is it is so funny. Like uh you can just YouTube small clips cuz they always did like a small opening clip yeah. and then they went into the main title sequence which was very kind of silly 60s you know mod music and then um but you had like uh Neil Patrick Harris came in as a music meister. Yes. And my kids love that episode. We watched it over and over again singing all the songs. Oh, I've got a whole list of voice actors for you here on this one. Okay, so. yeah, okay. Anyway, um, but it's I I highly suggest the third season especially just for humor. Yeah. You can't look at this as, you know, this is my Batman. Yeah, even, no. It's so over the top and ridiculous. This is the show that made me realize that I can handle campy and corny as long as it's animated. If right. it's live action, I can't handle it. But if it's animated like this was, I love it. Well, and it's funny because Batman in this, it's not silly and the characters think of themselves as silly or anything right. like that. Like Batman takes himself very seriously. Like yes. he is all about justice. You know right. what I mean? Like, but it's, I don't, I don't know. It's just the context of the story that makes yeah. it so funny. And then of course you have over the top, uh, you know, Aquaman is just so over the top. He's like outrageous. You know, everything yes. is just like way huge and, and hilarious. <laughs> so we have uh, Dietrich Bader, uh, who is Oswald from Drew Carey show, uh, did the voice of Batman, Kilowog, Ace, Owlman, Solomon Grundy, Punch, Gorilla Boss, Adult Damien, Future Batman, Lord Death Man, Creepy Usher, Caveman Batman, Pirate Batman, Batmanicus, 
Robot Batman and Musketeer. <laughs> now, that was that one episode where they grabbed all these Batmans from different time yes. and they bring them together. And that was obviously hilarious. But And it was all the same guy doing the voice. Yeah, he's doing all the, every voice. It was great. Then we have Corey Burton, who did the voice of Red Tornado, Silver Cyclone, Thomas Wayne in the episode of Invasion of the Secret Santas, uh, <laughs> False Face, Dr. Midnight, Dr. William Milton Magnus, Mercury, Chancellor Gorzon, General Zal, Killer Moth, Batman in the bat, in, from the Batmango version, Joker right. from the Scooby Doo version, and Green Lantern Alan Scott. See, okay, this is just hearing the characters that show up. Like they do an homage to like the Scooby Doo show, yes, and they're like jumping through all the different versions of Batman. Yeah, and they like they make it look like the old Scooby Doo show, and Batman yep. shows up in it, and that's hilarious. And they yep. do um. Which always just such a bizarre thing. I mean, just kind of like as an aside. Yeah. Why did Batman and Robin show up in Scooby Doo? Like that was so weird. <laughs> I love that show though. <laughs> it was great, especially as a kid. I mean, it's one of the first times besides Super Friends. You know, and I've been getting Scooby- the Scooby Doo team up book, which has Batman and Robin. <laughs> no way. <laughs> and it reminds me, it is written exactly like that old cartoon. Oh my god. <laughs> it is perfect. That's hilarious. What? Well, so anyway, again, so I can again, I can handle campiness if it's in animated version <laughs> yeah no this show is just so over the top of silly but yeah. it's um we'll we'll talk here in a minute but if any of these voice actors from the batman brave and the bold carry over into another movie oh yeah like for example and we'll talk about like batman from batman brave and the bold is the same voice as batman in justice league trapped in time yeah i was immediately taken out of the movie and i could care less about batman oh really yeah, because I am, I just instantly heard Batman Brave and the Bold, and I <laughs> and I associate that complete with like the over the top, the silly, don't take this seriously type show. Oh wow! And and the second I heard that voice, I was like done. Yeah. Because I mean, because in the I, in Justice League Trapped in Time, it wasn't as mature or over the top no. as like War or Flashpoint. No. But at the same time, I considered it as part of this, you know, kind of DC movie. Sure. And 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 aside, completely aside, I I think of Batman Brave and the Bold in its own little bubble, yeah, just off to the side and silly, but yeah. Now uh, we also mentioned John DiMaggio, right? Uh, which he does everything. He was, he's he's like my voice acting hero. Yeah, he was Aquaman, Gorilla Grodd, Tiger Soldier, Typh- Typhon, Enemy <laughs> Ace, Ubu, Faceless Hunter, uh, Black Adam, Black Mask, Tattoo, uh, Pharaoh, Toy Man, Vigilante, Helgramite. Uh, Mr. Freeze, Legionnaire, Captain Boomerang, and Owen. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Then, then we had James Arnold Taylor, who was Green Arrow, Blue Bowman, Green Lantern, Guy Gardner, uh, Major Disaster, Wotan, Naboo, Mark Desmond, Argus, Leslie, Rocky Davis, uh, Alpha Red, and G.I. Robot. <laughs> oh, well, see, that brings me up another point is they did like, um, they did get to introduce a lot of characters since it's a team up show. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of times he would uh, you know, team up with Blue Beetle, like the new Blue Beetle or yeah. obviously Aquaman, Green Arrow. I mean, they had his staples. Um, but then like he had a whole series about like the metal men. Yes. And that was a re- you know, like you never got to see them in cartoons. Right. Like it was just a cool opportunity to see some of these characters like the Justice League Unlimited. Yeah. I remembered it being, um, you know, uh, Red Tornado, another one, you know, just. They would pick some pretty obscure characters at times to have them. Like, he even did a little short with Commandy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like yeah. obscure characters you would never see animated otherwise. And that well, was pretty cool. They also had uh, Mark Hamill did the voice of the Spectre on this show. 
Oh, okay. Uh, Michael Jai White did the voice of Tattooed Man. What? <laughs> uh, which do you know Michael Jai White is? Oh, of course. Yeah, he's like a Black Dynamite. <laughs> yes. He's also Spawn, but yeah. Right, okay, Spawn too. I gave him credit for that one. So. Um, and <laughs> Henry Winkler was Ambush Bug. <laughs> so we had the Fonz as Ambush the Bug. The Fonz, hey! We had Weird Al Yankovic as himself. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Uh Adam West was Thomas Wayne for for uh one or two episodes. Oh, cool. And then we had Paul Rubens, it was Batmite. Which oh, Paul that's Rubens right. no. Pee Wee Herman, so Yeah, so the Batmite character was kind of a bizarre he would like completely break the fourth wall and talk to the yes. audience. Yes. And, um so I didn't see too many of his episodes except for the finale of the show. Mm-hmm. And the finale of Batman Brave and the Bold is one of my favorite end of cartoon <laughs> finales because, it, it, I mean, it, what it is is Batmite uh, knowing that show's about to be canceled. Yes. <laughs> and talking, taking the audience through like all the different versions of Batman and what he likes the best about him and all this kind of stuff. So it's this is one of those times where you get to see like Batman and all these different versions and. Um, and then so like there's this one like and even Batman he's such a sellout because he's always looking for the next action figure. I mean come on you have like um oh I forget exactly what he calls him like um super tie dye uh, super street luge Batman <laughs> and he's like and he's like so he jumps in this luge <laughs> and it's just like he goes down this sled and it's like all multicolored and he like takes out some guys and he jumps out and he's like multicolored and the whole point is just so you can sell another toy like super street bat luge yes, <laughs> yes. it's like uh completely over the top but the last episode is really funny yeah it is it is um so then we get into wonder woman uh came out march 9th of 2009 and this is the origin of diana of temascara and it's uh stru- the structure of the origin story was borrowed from George Perez's post crisis on Infinite Earths comic uh which was entitled Gods and Mortals. Right. Um, and the original script for this movie was written by Gail Simone. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. It um this one I remember when it first came out I didn't uh I didn't see it right away. Uh and I think partly it was because I think I had the movie, I didn't watch it. And I let somebody borrow it, and then I never saw it again. <laughs> and then um, I saw it in, like, a dollar bin, you know, $5 or something. Okay. And I went and picked it up again and watched it a couple years later. Because I was – that's when my son, again, was kind of getting into all the DC animated movies. Sure. I thought, oh, this would be cool. He'd love Wonder Woman. And I watched it first. And this was one of the first um, – well, again, what I say, I consider kind of the DC standalone movies. Yeah. And it definitely takes a more mature tone. Oh, Yeah. There are decapitations left and right in this yes. movie. Yes. I mean, she is lopping heads off like she's, crazy. <laughs> she's brutal, but I thought it was a fantastic movie. I loved it. I thought it was great. It's definitely not like, not a, hey, kids, kids, let's sit down and watch some <laughs> no. Wonder Woman. It, no, it's not that at all. No. But it was a very good movie. It was great, a great depiction of her. I think it's like a classic Bruce Timm universe, like this is Wonder Woman, as far as the way it's drawn and yep. animated and everything. So we had uh, voice actors, actors and actresses. Was Carrie Russell did the did Wonder Woman? Right. Uh, so Nathan Fillion did Steve Trevor. Cool. Uh, Virginia Madsen was Queen Hippolyta. Uh, Alfred Molina was Ares. Really? Yes. Wow. Uh, well, he was a big part of the movie. I mean, he was like the, the yeah. main antagonist in the movie. So it, 
Yep. That's pretty cool. And then Oliver Platt was Hades. I don't know. Who's Oliver Platt? A uh, real long-time actor. Um, oh, I know. Yeah, he was in um, the old Three Musketeers movie. Yeah. Like the Disney Three Musketeers. He's, yeah, he's been around. So, okay. Yeah. I, once I saw his face, I recognized He was in, uh, let's see, X-Men First Class and The Big yes. C. Yes, yes. That's right. That's um, the most recent thing I've seen. Him yeah, in. yeah. So... Um, and then Rick Overton, who is a comedian, was the president in the movie. (laughs) And Rick Overton was, uh, one of the, uh, where you may have seen him as he was one of the brownies in the movie Willow. So (laughs) just to throw that out there. That's pretty cool. Um, then we get Green Lantern First Flight, which came out July 28th, 2009. Uh, the film obviously focuses on Hal Jordan and his relationship with the veteran Green Lantern Sinestro. Um, until Sinestro betrays the Green Lantern Corps. Okay, now I love this one. Yeah, I thought this, I thought was, this was really was well really, done. I mean, we're both huge fans of Green Lantern, and for me, this was when I was getting back into Green Lantern. Um, yeah. was like the Jeff Johns, uh, you know, Ivan Rice kind of run, and you, a couple years before this, you had Green Lantern Rebirth, and it kind of been building up this story uh, of Jeff Johns' run on Green Lantern, and I was such a huge fan, just over-the-top fan of this of the comic series. So when the cartoon came out, I was just eating it up. I mean, I, it made me wish there was a regular green lantern show. Oh yeah. Uh, that this was done so well, like this one, and there's another one coming up, um, you know, more recently, but this one, uh, I really like, yeah, I really liked it. I will say that this one did not receive a lot of fan, uh, praise. <laughs> nope. Nobody cared. <laughs> but I, but like, I almost felt the opposite with this one that I did with Batman Gotham Knights, where, People love Batman Gotham Knights from a lot of people I've heard from. Yeah. And I didn't care for that one. And I really loved First Flight, and a lot of people didn't care for it. So. Well, I mean, obviously, our, our opinions are skewed. We, we're, sure. we're big Green Lantern fans to begin with. And just to see him animated and doing his thing, I thought he was portrayed well. Like, I, I felt like this was Hal Jordan, you know. Yep. Uh, just in general, it all fit. And I think this was this was great. It was a great, you know, animated representation of Green Lantern at, in a solo film. We we had seen... You know, John Stewart, Green Lantern. Yeah. Um, we had seen Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, in New Frontier, but that's kind of its own little world. Yeah. So this was the first time I had seen Hal Jordan animated as Green Lantern, and I loved it. Yeah. So we had uh, Christopher Mal- Mal- uh, Maloney was Hal Jordan. Victor Garber was Sinestro. Um, Olivia Daabo was Carol Ferris. And do you know who Olivia Daabo was? Not off the top of my head. She is the older sister from the show The Wonder Years. <laughs> I know what I would never pull that out. That's awesome. Uh, then we had Kurtwood Smith was Kanjar Rowe, and he was Red from uh, that '70s show. Oh, okay, right. Uh, Michael Madsen was Kilowog. Trisha Helfer was Boudica, and Trisha Helfer is from Battlestar Galactica. The oh, right. Yeah. Really smoking hot blonde from Battlestar Galactica. Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, John Larroquette was Tomar Ray. Oh, that's great. From, again, from Night Court. Night Court. It's like they took the <laughs> cast of Night Court and said, here, you want to voice act? <laughs> I know. It's like, it's like uh, Firefly and Night Court. They just yeah. get them together and they just voice act all of DC yeah. animated movies. So then we had uh, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies which came out September 29th of 2009, and this was based on the first story arc of World's... Uh, the story arc called World's Finest from the Superman Batman monthly comic title. Right. So this was uh, written by Jeff Loeb. The series started off being written by Jeff Loeb and yep. drawn by Ed McGinnis. It was yep. like a six-issue arc, um, which I remember when it first came out. I really liked the issues. I liked the first couple issues. Yep. I, I remember it ended weird. 
Yeah. Like, I, I wasn't a big fan of the way that that arc ended. But in general, the the series was good. So, um, and then, so when this cartoon came out, I wasn't a fan of the style. Again, they were trying to appropriate kind of Ed McGinnis style, which you would think would translate really well to cartoons because it is kind of a more cartoony approach right. or, or at least openly drawn approach. Um, I just wasn't a huge fan of this one. Okay. Um, I, I I liked that they brought in the voice actors they did, but yeah. in general, this one wasn't my favorite. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I did love probably more so the fact that they were bringing voice actors back together that hadn't done anything together in a while. Um, because well, if you think about it, we haven't heard Tim Daly as Superman and Kevin Conroy as Batman since when they crossed over right. Superman, Batman from a new, you know, the adventures of Superman cartoon and the Batman cartoon. Exactly. So, so it had been, I mean, years, probably, yeah. uh, you know, it, it almost eight to 10 years since they had played opposite each other. Exactly. So, and they also brought in Clancy Brown as Lex Luthor again. Right. So it just seemed to me like the voice acting seemed very classic. I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, this is it. But yeah. And, and I liked it and I actually got the six inch, six inch action figures. Uh, that came out. Oh, okay. Based yeah, I remember on this. those. Yeah, so I did get those, and I built up Brimstone uh, as the collecting connect figure and everything. Right. So um, I liked it. It was like you said, it wasn't one of my favorites, but I did still enjoy it. Um, for me, it was just the giant Batman Superman robot that kind of jumped the shark for me. Like it was just a little too weird of a design to begin with, and that was part of the cartoon. I mean, yeah, I mean, part of the comic. Comic. I was gonna say, and I knew the comic story really well. So I like those things didn't really bother me at all because I was like, well, I know the story. I know this is going to happen. So, yeah, it um, just seemed like, I mean, I think for me as a, just an artist, I think it was such a bizarre design and a yeah. weird way to take the story that was never a huge fan of that. And then to see it animated, I was like, well, that's another reason why I didn't like it. <laughs> and I think another reason why I did enjoy it a little bit was because I was hoping at the time that it was going to lead right into infinite crisis as a uh, direct-to-DVD movie. Oh, yeah. Because, awesome. because the story in the comics was the first sign of Infinite Crisis. That's there, true. And they actually did have that scene in, yeah, in the, the, in the, in the movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we also had LeVar Burton was Black Lightning, the voice of... Uh, oh, that's Lightning. interesting. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, Robert, you might as well go ahead and tell them who LeVar Burton was because you know all the Star Trek people. It's Jody! Come on, <laughs> man! <laughs> Everybody knows Jordan. And uh, John, uh, you mean from Reading Rainbow fame? Is that right. what you're talking about? Yeah, Reading Rainbow. Rainbow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John Mc, uh, McGinley, uh, which again is Doctor Cox from Scrubs, was uh, Metallo in this. So cool. Um, then we get into Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. Okay, now for me, like I said, the Wonder Woman kind of kicked off the the DC animated universe. Uh-huh. Yeah. This one for me kicked off the quality level yeah. of what to expect when there's a new DC animated film come out. So yeah. I think from this point on, they are all like, um, you know, there's a couple that still dip for me, but yeah. for the most part, the quality level from this point on is much higher. And I think just uh, whoever they brought in for character designing and the producing and the and the voice acting directors and all that kind of stuff yeah. just. Everything went up a level from this, this point. This is definitely in, this one is definitely in my top three favorites. Uh, yeah. of all of them that have been done. Uh, this came out in February twenty uh, February twenty third of two thousand ten. 
Uh, it's loosely, again, loosely based on Grant Morrison's 2000 comic book, JLA Earth 2. Um, and uh, it dealt with a heroic Lex Luthor from an alternate universe appearing to recruit the Justice League to help save his Earth from the crime syndicate. And I love the crime syndicate, so in fact, I'm enjoying uh, immensely Forever Evil because of the crime syndicate. So yeah. um, this was just uh, <laughs> this was right up my alley. Basically. Now, and this I and I've actually I can't I was probably introduced to the crime syndicate in comics before this, but I really hadn't read very many stories since uh, that where, where these characters were central to the story. Yeah. So this was basically my introduction to this whole second universe or, or other Earth. Um, and, and so you don't have to know any of that history no. to jump right into this movie and thoroughly enjoy it and get a good sense of who the crime syndicate are or this other earth. And, right. um, man, this, this, and this, then you bring this in two, so good. Yeah. Then you bring in two actors to do voices that I am a huge fan of. <laughs> you have Mark Harmon as the voice of Superman. And I loved Mark Harmon from, um, uh, uh, one crazy summer, or not one crazy uh, summer school, right? Summer school. And I mean, what he's really well known for now is, is the NCIS. Yes, is Jethro Gibbs or whatever, right? And then uh, James Woods as Owlman, and he is so good at Owl as Owlman, man. He's like so calm and manipulative. It's just great, man. He's, he does that role so well. The best movie with James Woods ever, in my opinion ever was Digstown. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it, not. it's got, uh, it's got James Woods and it's got, um, Louis Gossett Jr. in it. And Louis Gossett Jr. is a, a retired boxer and James Woods is a con man. And you can only imagine how good of a role James Woods plays when he's playing a con man. Digstown, huh? Digstown. You have, have to, to check that out. You have to check it out. It is perfect, James Woods. So what's I mean, what is what would you say is the you know movie that everybody would know him from though? Um, John Carpenter's Vampires, maybe. Um, oh, probably that that one he plays. Yeah, he plays a pretty big. Uh, he's just one of he's just one of those guys where it, the second you see him, you would recognize him. Yeah. And especially and hear his voice too and, and oh his voice especially yeah yeah um but I mean he's he's been in a lot of stuff I'm trying to look right now real quick but I mean if you don't know who James Woods in, is then shame on you uh, <laughs> uh, he does do a lot of voice acting too but uh yeah I mean he's he's been in so many things I'm just trying to like most of it has been voice acting but yeah um. But yeah, like I said, Digstown for me was the best movie for, with him. But the, like I said, the other one that people might know is John Carpenter's Vampires. So, um, and now on this DVD, we also got oh, uh, the, the, the yes. guy who played uh, Martian Manhunter. Was it a new actor for Martian Manhunter in this one? Uh, I don't know. I don't have that one written down. So I remember really liking his character in this one in particular because he had thought about like staying in this other Earth. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like, kind of towards yeah, yeah, the end. Yeah. Like, I remember him having a kind of a more complex story in this than yes. what's kind of usually given to him. But, um, man, I love that. Oh, yeah, I guess we don't need to get into specifics because we might review this one later. But this one. <laughs> yeah, this was this really was good. a good one. Um, looking right now to see. See, it was Jonathan Adams was John Jones 
uh, Martian Manhunter. Right, and had he played the Martian Manhunter before? Uh, I don't believe so. Okay. He was on a lot of other like TV shows and stuff like that, and he did. He was on Green Lantern, the animated series, which we'll mention a little later. Uh, stuff like oh, that. Okay. So, well, with something they've done a really good job of is Martian Manhunter. Even if he's been multiple voice actors over the years, he always sounds the same. Oh yeah. So I guess they've. I mean, whatever they do to find that quality of voice, like they've done a really good job of keeping him consistent. Yep. And, and not every. You can't say that for every character, but no, for him, they they definitely have. Now the the thing they did on this DVD was the very first time they've ever did this, and I loved that they started doing these. It was DC Showcase. Oh yes. And it was short animated films spotlighting a particular character in the DC universe that may, in some cases, didn't really get spotlighted. Um, yeah, they, they couldn't warrant a full feature film or even, right. you know, like a, a main role in a side, as a side character. Right. Um, but they, they thought it was an interesting enough character or they had a good enough story that it was worth kind of doing a short yeah. you know, animated. And on this one, it was The Spectre. Uh, and it was Detective Jim Corrigan's suspects are brought to justice by his alter ego, the Spectre. And this was this kind was of a, set like in the seventies, right? Yeah, and this was a horror story. It was intense. Like whenever you can watch on Netflix or you can buy the DVD that has all these shorts put together. Yes, yes. And we watch uh, me and my my son. We watch the Superman Shazam one all the time. Yeah, and we watch a a, you know and the Green Arrow one we like. Yeah. But we always have to skip this one because it's so intense. <laughs> the uh, D- it was called DC Showcase Original Shorts Collection, yeah. uh, and the, the that particular DVD actually has extended versions of all the shorts. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so there's like you get just a few more minutes of each one. Cool. So that's cool. Um, the voice actor for Jim Corrigan slash the Spectre was Gary Cole, who was the boss on in the movie Office Space. <laughs> so he's the guy that goes. Yeah, we're going to need you to come in on Saturday. <laughs> That's funny. I would uh, never put that together. Amy Brenner, who was, I believe, Jim Corrigan's love interest, was voiced by Alyssa Milano. Oh, okay. Cool. And uh, Drew Flynn, uh, Lieutenant Bryce, and Deandra were all voiced by Paul uh, Rob Paulson, who is who was Raphael on the 1987 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes! So I had to throw that one in there for that reason. Oh, yeah. So then we get into, uh, and and I will say right now, the Spectre one is my favorite out of all the shorts. Oh, really? So, yeah, the Superman Shazam's mine. Yeah. I mean, and I like the Spectre one, but obviously I prefer the ones I can watch with my kids. Yeah, so. and I, I liked it because it was dark. I was not expecting something that dark and gritty and horror and stuff like that. I think that. that's where it really made me realize that they're willing to go that far. Yeah, exactly. That these aren't kids' movies at all. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean we've kind of seen, obviously, hints of that in the previous movies here and there. But yeah. um, I think, was it in the Green Lantern um, first flight where, I can't remember if it's in that one or in Emerald Knights, where I think he's trying to save this ship and it's, it's crashing mm-hmm. and there is a hole that gets blown in the wall or in a, a small hole gets, or a window or a portal gets blown open and a guy gets sucked out, but his body gets kind of crushed as it's sucked out. I'm pretty sure that was first flight. Okay, sure. Connor watched that and freaked out. <laughs> like my son was like, ah! And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I couldn't hit stop fast enough as this guy's body's getting crunched and mutilated and then shoved out a, into the vacuum of space. I was like, nice. uh. So then we get into Batman Under the Red Hood. 
which came yes. out July 27th, 2010. It was an adaptation of Win, uh, Judd Winnick's story, Under the Hood, from 2005, and it, which was in the issues of Batman, uh, number 635 through 641. And Winnick also wrote the script for the film. So he actually oh, took yeah, his cool. he actually took his comic book story and adapted it for this movie. Okay, now this one is my favorite. This is my favorite too. I mean, hands down, this is a phenomenal the only, standalone movie. The only way you could have made this better is if you had Kevin Conroy doing the voice of Batman. I know that's like the only oh, that's the only drawback. And yeah. again, the the only reason I can think that they wouldn't do that because he was in uh you know he was Batman before this. Yes. Uh, well, not, well, William Baldwin was Batman in Crisis on Two Earths, but he was Batman in you know the Public Enemies one, yeah. and he was Batman in the one right after this, the Superman Batman Apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, it must have been scheduling. Yeah. I'm like, why would you not? Ah, now, that's the only thing that would have made this better. You're right. That being said, Bruce Greenwood, who was the voice of Batman, does a fantastic job. Yeah, and does he play Batman any other time? Um, I don't believe so. I can't remember. Uh, I don't think I have him written down for any of the other ones, but it, it was it wasn't like distracting where it no. pulled me out of it, like like I was saying for the trapped in time one would be or yeah or anything like that. But um, he's the guy who plays uh Captain Pike in the Star Trek the new Star Trek films. Of, of course, you would know that. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but he's a good actor, all right. So Bruce Greenwood, or I guess yeah, he um. Get, you're getting as bad as Chuck with the Star Trek crap. <laughs> Whatever. Um, he was. Um, oh no, that's right. He was also Batman in Young Justice and the Young Justice. Oh, okay. Station. I okay. knew it was. Uh, he was. He he played it again. But I like him in both because I yeah. think um, he does a phenomenal job as it. Yeah. And then we had uh, Jensen Ackles uh, is Red Hood and Jason Todd. And Jensen is known from a favorite show of mine, which is Supernatural. Uh, he plays Dean on Supernatural. Right. So. He was in, I mean, he was, um, he's been in a lot of TV shows, but it, yeah, his biggest, most well known for Supernatural, but I seen him first in like Smallville. Yeah. I think that's where I was introduced to him. Yeah. And then yeah, he did the, and, and I know Supernatural is not, uh, <laughs> it's not your direction of TV shows to watch, but it, nope, uh, I get creeped out pretty easily. <laughs> and it's, kind of a, it's a fantastic, I mean, I've, yeah, but I've heard, I heard good things. I'll probably end up like uh marathon watching that on, yeah. Netflix at some point, but it's really there's only certain episodes that are actually like really creepy. Um, I kind of but, figured I just I didn't get in at the ground level, and I kind of was. It's always been there. Yeah, and I, I'm sure I'd probably like it. Yeah, just and, and just realize that the good guys always win in the end. So, um, <laughs> so don't get too scared. Yeah, don't get Thanks. too scared. Thanks. <laughs> um, and then we have Neil Patrick Harris did the voice of Nightwing. Now I thought he was fantastic as Nightwing. Oh yeah. I liked him a lot, and I, that makes me want to see, um, you know, a movie or a series, a Nightwing yes. standalone movie yeah. with him as Nightwing would be great. And the thing that I love, too, that they did with the animation on this was they showed a difference in movement between Nightwing and Batman. Now, one of my favorite little snippet scenes is when they're fighting Amazo yes. on the box, and that's exactly where. Like, you see Batman just going straight at him, and, yeah. and, and Nightwing's, Nightwing's all flipping, flipping around, yeah. And I love that they made that distinction purposefully mm -hmm. um, to show, like, okay, Nightwing came from a circus family and Batman came from training and stuff like that. So. They just nailed the characters on both. And, and yeah. that, well, we, you know what? We should just do a review of this movie. We yeah. both like it so much that yeah. we could just break it down. Um, Absolutely. Now, again, you had John DiMaggio. As the uh, Joker. Which it blows me away 
that he was Aquaman <laughs> and Batman Brave and the Bold, and the same guy plays the Joker. In the yeah, movie. he does this creepy this, Joker. <laughs> if you can't have Mark Hamill as Joker, you need to mask hands up. down. This is this is, and, and I don't. I want to. You, you can kind of take Mark Hamill's Joker and set it aside as its own character and its own representation yes. of the Joker. Like I almost think this one is better. Yeah, and I, that's kind of sacrilegious to say, but. If you could take Heath Ledger's performance of the Joker and mix it with Mark Hamill's, this is exactly the perfect blend. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is Very it's, much it's so. creepy, and you have, like, that crazy voice from Mark Hamill, but yes. then there's, like, a, a subtle psychosis in there. It's so good. It's yep. really well done. Now, the showcase that came with this DVD was Jonah Hex. Yeah, which I think I saw, but it wasn't... I don't remember being blown away by it. Or oh, see, I funny. really enjoy this one, too. The, I, I should rewatch it. I haven't yeah. seen it in a long time. There's not many showcases. I don't think there's any showcases I didn't enjoy immensely. Um, this one was really well done, as far as I was concerned. And this should have been what the Jonah Hex live-action movie was like. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I do remember that, thinking, like, <laughs> that was pretty bad. Now, um, as more voice actors, too. You had Jason Isaacs as the Ra's al Ghul character yeah, yeah uh who is a big part of the under the red hood like he's yeah. he's not like the main bad guy but he's a, a big the part of the storyline yeah. and that's played by jason isaacs who was like um i just completely blanked on his name um <laughs> lucius malfoy from like harry potter oh movies. Yeah, yeah 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 um he was in the, the bad guy in the patriot you know that mel gibson yeah. movie yeah so he's a really good actor i like him a lot uh with the jonah hex short you had uh jonah hex was voiced by thomas jane Oh, right. That's the, right. I the Punisher. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which seems very appropriate. Um, yeah. And you had Madame Lorraine was voiced by Linda Hamilton, who was um, uh, from Terminator movies. Oh, right. Yeah. And That's then cool. you had Red Doc was voiced by Michael Rooker, who is getting very famous or had been very famous from The Walking Dead. Uh, he was Merle from The Walking Dead. With oh, him. OK. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's got a great voice. Yeah. And he's going to be in the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Cool. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. He's going to be uh, Yondu. The Who's big, Yondu? The, the blue-skinned guy with the big red fin on his head. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So. Awesome. Uh, then we get to Superman Batman Apocalypse, uh, which came out September 28th of 2010. And this uh, was confirmed uh for 2010 after positive sales of public enemies. And uh, it's based on the story arc, the Supergirl from Krypton, which came from the Superman Batman monthly comic series that was written by Jeff Loeb and drawn by Michael Turner. Yeah, it was kind of the reintroduction of Supergirl into the DC universe. Yes. And uh, kind of with this kind of redesign, you know, or whatever, how Michael Turner had drawn it. And um, I remember re- reading the story and really liking it in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um when, so when, when the this movie came out, I remember I watched it the first time, and for whatever reason I didn't like it as much. I, oh, I think really? it, I think it was the animated style was a little different than what it like. All the eyes looked like everybody had eyeliner, and yeah, and I was like, oh well, that's them trying to mesh again, trying to mesh a Michael Turner style sure. with their DC Bruce Timm universe style, and th- and I think that was just my initial impression. Now then I went back and maybe. I don't know however long later, I, the next time I saw it, I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think I just had whatever hang-up I had initially, I got over that. 
Yeah, because I thought and, this was fantastic. So. And really, the the last thirty minutes of this of this movie are awesome. Makes the movie, yeah. It really makes the movie. Then there's some scenes in here too that I just thought were uh, I absolutely loved, like when they go to uh, Big Barda's house. Big Barda's house and and all the <laughs> stuffs in the secret compartments and. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what's said, but I think Batman has a line there that just makes me laugh out loud yeah. every time. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they, they get all dressed up and go, and that's when my, my sons watch that with me, and that's he loves the Big Barda character, and yeah. I mean, a big part of it was from this this movie. Um, yeah. And again, you got big name uh, or recognizable voice actors. Again, you have Tim Daly as Superman, Kevin oh, Conroy as yes. Batman, Susan Eisenberg as uh, Wonder Woman. You get Summer Glau is Supergirl. Uh, yeah, that was really good. And uh, you get uh, oh, Ann- so Summer Glau is she's she she's, was uh, she's River on the, Fire. Yeah, Firefly, Firefly and, and on the Terminator TV show. Yes, yes. Um, I don't know. And uh, and then you have uh, Andrea Romano was Stampa. Uh, so <laughs> that's again a name that we've heard many times. Right. Uh, Andre Brower was dark side and Andre Brower is currently on the show Brooklyn nine, nine. Uh, but he was also the Admiral on the show, uh, the short lived show, the last resort, uh, men of a certain age he was on. If you saw him, you would totally recognize. Yeah. Him. He's just one of those guys that's been in a lot of movies, but you can't really think of, he was, he was the general in, um, uh, the fantastic four movie yeah. rise of the silver surfer. Yeah. Um, he play, he can play a serious character and a comedic character perfectly. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. And uh, and then the funniest voice actor on this one was Ed Asner as Granny Goodness. <laughs> yeah, I remember that character. Like, I don't have a lot of experience with the the whole, um, you know, just kind of a the world of apocalypse and yes. the fourth world Kirby stuff. And so this was kind of a cool introduction into it. I know, I know Michael Myers would flip out like, Oh yeah. Like I don't really care much about this stuff, (laughs) (laughs) but in general, uh, so this was a cool introduction for me or people who aren't familiar with that world, like into like the granny goodness characters and, you know, all those other, the female warrior characters that were there. They're obviously longstanding characters who I didn't know before. Yep. But, uh, it was cool. And then we had, uh, the showcase for this one was green arrow. Ah, which that one was very good also. Yeah. I like that one a lot. And this, uh, it was Green Arrow Must Protect a Young Princess at the Airport is basically what the whole story was based on. I liked it. It was a really small, kind of contained story. You know, it's not big, crazy action, which is, I think, good for Green Arrow. I mean, it's him. And at the time, we didn't have the show Arrow out there. And so when I saw this, I was like, okay, now I want a Green Arrow animated movie. (laughs) Like a full-length one. Yeah, I mean, we had seen him in Justice League Unlimited, and I'd always liked his character, the way he played off of Batman and other characters in particular. Yeah. Um, and they kind of took this, and it's just a little more massaged and a little more, like, a, just a deeper... T- and it's only, like, a 15-minute short, but you yeah. can kind of tell there's more to the character than what was kind of they were able to do in those other episodes. Yeah. And, uh, and I really liked it. And then, of course, when you see Black Canary show up, too, and yep. they're like, oh, I would love to see a movie of, of him, and then... Yeah, her team up with her, and then get the whole relationship stuff going on. Yep, that would be really good. And uh, with this, you had Green Arrow was voiced by Neil McDonough, which uh, he's known from Band of Brothers and a few other things. Uh, oh. Mer- Merlin was voiced by Malcolm McDowell. Ooh, again, yeah, yeah, again. 
Uh, Black Canary was voiced by Gray Delisle, and I mentioned her because her name does appear again, but she is best known as the voice of Daphne from Scooby-Doo from two, the year 2000 to present. So she's currently the voice of Daphne when they do <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Okay. Um, princess Perdita, which was the princess he was trying to protect, was voiced by Ariel Winter. And Ariel Winter is Alex Dumphy on the show Modern Family. Okay, I don't watch that show. Um, oh, you're missing a great show. Uh, uh, right. But she's one of the the daughters on that show. Um, cool. So then we have uh, Superman Shazam, The Return of Black Adam, comes out November 9th, yeah! 2010. <laughs> it was the only way you could get this movie was by getting the DVD uh, or, you know, if you downloaded just this episode. But if you wanted to own a physical copy of it, you yeah. could only get it by getting the DVD of DC Showcase Original Shorts Collection. So most of the shorts were, I mean, how long? Like 10, 15 minutes tops? Yeah, yeah. Now, and then the Superman Shazam one was more like 20 minutes. Yeah, it's longer. Now, the thing that frustrated me with it was the fact that I already owned all the other shorts <laughs> <laughs> yeah. on the other DVDs. But then I did find out that they were there was extended editions, extended versions right. of them on this DVD, and there was no way I was going to pass up a you know Superman Shazam and uh, Black Adam. There was just oh, no way. Man, and well, and and I can kind of see too. It is nice having it all in one DVD. You can just hit, put it, throw it in, push play, and it's not like you have to change out other DVDs to to watch this little yeah. short. You know, if you wanted to go back and watch. Yeah. So for the convenience of it, it was nice having that. Yep. And so once again, we have George Newbern being Superman. Uh, we again have Jerry O'Connell being Captain Marvel. Uh, so they both came back to do their... From the Justice League Unlimited. Right. Or, or Justice League. Yep. Shazam, the wizard Shazam, was done by James Garner. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And there was a uh, character named Sally who was voiced by Danica McKellar. Do you know Danica McKellar? No. What's that? Winnie Cooper from uh, Wonder Years. <laughs> Another Wonder Years tie-in. Yeah. Great. <laughs> we got, so we've got Fred Savage. Right. <laughs> and then the other two girls. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Dana McKellar is um, on my short list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Winnie Cooper. Yes. So uh, she is ridiculously hot these days. That's so, funny. Um, and then Black Adam was voiced by Arnold Vosloo who was Imhotep in uh, the Mummy series. Oh, okay. Yeah. And guess who else he was related to the show? What? Zartan from G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So. No, I, I really like the short. I mean, there's so many good things about it. And, um, yeah. uh, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to say, I guess, but it's, but it was really good. I, I, I can watch that one over and over and over. Whenever we have kids come over yeah, and like fantastic. spend the night at our place and we're trying to think of something the kids can watch, I'm like, oh, let's watch this. And, and they, everybody loves it. It's so yeah. good. So then we have uh, another one of my all-time favorite series came out, which is Young Justice. Came yes. out came out November 26th of 2010 and ended March 16th of 2013, and it should have never freaking ended. Um, oh, one of my biggest frustrations of modern shows being canceled. Yes, uh, I mean there you have a couple in this in this kind of sci-fi nerdy world, right? You've got like Firefly. Yep. And there's, there's a few others. But, like, for me, Young Justice was one of the best shows 
that DC had put out in a while, like like regular animated since Justice League Unlimited. The, I was going to say, this is the show that I put right up there with Justice League Unlimited because you had so many DC Universe characters showing up in this. It wasn't just the Teen Titans characters or Young Justice right. characters. It was everybody showed up in this. And especially thing. in the second season. Yeah, yeah especially Invasion. In the season. But, oh, yeah. Even, but even um, in the first season, I remember when the first few episodes were just being played, and or aired, and you had that first three part arc, which we should we should definitely do a Young Justice show. Yeah, yeah. But um, I remember looking at this and thinking, this is feature film quality animation. Yeah. It was basically taking these animated movies that were that we've been talking about and just making it a weekly show. I was blown away by the choreography, yep. how smooth the fighting was, the the effects again, just the the ability to show impact, and then on top of it, the the Character acting was spot on. Yeah. Oh, the only it. the only one I'm missing right now is the last DVD that came out, which has just like the last five episodes or six episodes. I have the whole rest of it. From the second it. season? From the second season, yeah. yeah. I have all the rest of it. I just am missing that last DVD right now. Yeah, so. when this, this was the first show I did the iTunes season pass on. Yeah. And that way I just got every episode as it came out. And so we've, I, we've watched them on like our iPads whenever we take trips and... Yeah. And that kind of stuff. It's just like, um, I mean, ah, the show. It was fantastic. So, and, and then the design also. I, like, oh, yeah. I can't stress enough how awesome the design was. It was, uh, oh, what's his name? Phil Broussaro or something, Broussard. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't think of his, his it, anyway, his last name is kind of like that. He has a Deviant Art Gallery account. And if, <laughs> I'll shoot you a link to it if you don't yeah. know it already. So we can put it in the show notes. But yeah, yeah. He, his take on Justice League. Uh, characters animated is my absolute favorite. Oh yeah! Like I would, I hope that they have him design every movie <laughs> from yeah. from here on out. So he did all the designs for Young Justice. He also did the designs for Justice League War. Um, so he was just the character designer. He he was the one who came up with how these characters are going to look in the in the show or in the film. Yeah. And uh, he his his deviant art gallery is uh, a wealth of just behind-the-scenes character art from all of these movies or shows that he's worked on. It's really awesome stuff. Yeah. And uh, just a couple of the voice actors that that appeared that weren't ones that we've mentioned before. Well, one of them is one we mentioned before, but Superboy was voiced by Nolan Ramsey North, who also does the voice of Drake from the video games Uncharted. That's right, yeah. And he does uh, a lot of voice acting himself. He yeah. He also was Desmond Miles from the Assassin's Creed video games and Penguin from the Arkham games. Yeah. So, uh, and then... Go ahead. No, no I was just say, I was just going to repeat myself for no reason. <laughs> well, I'm going to be repeating myself, too, because Miss Martian <laughs> was voiced by Danica McKellar again. So, oh, okay. Uh, so Winnie Cooper arrives again. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, this was this was just such a great series, and I blame no one except the executives and those that were part of in charge of Cartoon Network and stuff like that because they screwed around with the programming of when it would air. They screwed around with the name of it. So this way, the first episode of just uh, Young Justice Invasion, I missed the first episode. Right, because it wouldn't DVR. Like, if you, if you were right. trying to record Young Justice because this was titled something just even slightly different. Yeah. A lot of people missed that, that, that first episode. And I had to wait till the next week when they at least did a rerun of it. And yeah. I was able to see it then, but it was, it was just so cool. Cause they jumped ahead in time. And oh they, No, we did. We totally, well, you know, I'm almost thinking maybe after we get through GI Joe, we could do a young justice rewatch because yeah. that would only take 
it wouldn't you know, take long. Yeah. It would only take a few episodes, quite honestly, of yeah. us recording, doing five episodes at a time. Yeah, exactly. And we'd be able to get through both seasons pretty quickly, and then well, we could we, really gush over it and just talk yeah. about how great it is. And we and we talked about doing a short series. Uh, yeah. So that would be a good one. Um, then we have All-Star Superman. February came out February 22nd of 2011. It's based on All-Star Superman uh, by Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely. Yeah. Um, and the script was actually written by Dwayne McDuffie. Um, yeah, it was one of the last things you wrote, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, not the last thing, but yeah, one of the last things. It was pretty did. close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, James Denton was the voice of Superman. Uh, Christina Hendricks was the voice of Lois Lane. Uh, Ed Asner was the voice of Perry White. And John DiMaggio was the voice of mm-hmm. Samson. Um, this one, I was never a huge fan of the Grant Morrison All-Star Superman. I know there's people that absolutely adore it. Um, I think it was good. I enjoyed it, but it's nothing that I gush over. Um, so this was kind of the same thing for me. All-Star Superman was good. I enjoyed it, but right. that I, I was good. I was, that was done. Um, especially after having just seen like Under the Red Hood and <laughs> stuff like yeah. that. I was, yeah. Yeah. This this one's definitely not one of my favorites. I mean, I I didn't watch, I didn't read All Star Superman as it was coming out, and I know it, it got a lot of critical acclaim. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't my favorite. I, I did read it later on, and it, I mean, just in general, it wasn't my favorite story. Uh, so then, of course, I waited to even watch the this video adaptation of it, or the, the the film adaptation of it. And then when I did, I was like, oh, okay, like overall, it, you know. I, I think the quality level is still up there. Oh yeah, it's still up um, there. Uh, but it just the story wise, it never it never hooked me even from the the inception of the comic book stuff. And I know some people love it, and that's like yeah. more power to you. But it's just not. I don't know. I'm just never really into it. Yeah. So then we get into Green Lantern Emerald Knights, which came oh, out. Well, real, real yeah. quick, I did want to say like um, it's funny because I've been following this artist for a long time. His name is Sam Liu. Okay. Um, L I U. He was the director in this in this movie, but he also directed. Um, the all the um, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, uh, and then he was the the lead character designer on Superman, Batman, Apocalypse. Okay. Um, he well, he and he co-directed the Justice League Crisis on Two Earths and Batman Year One. So I mean, he's been. Um, but I actually knew him from he was a comic book artist way back in the early '90s, uh, and he was working for Rob Liefeld. Oh, um, Actually, and uh, when like the Kaboom, do you remember Kaboom? Right. Oh yeah. So he was one of the artists on that series, and he had done a few other things. Um, and he kind of broke into comics, uh, did did a few projects. And I, just, for whatever reason, he was just one guy that I was like, oh, his art's pretty cool. And then he left comics almost, you know, he's only been drawing comics a year or two. And I was like, where'd this guy go? But then he went on and he was he got into animation, basically. Yeah. And, um, and so I kind of just slowly followed his... Uh, um, his his career and so he he was one of the lead uh um directors or he was a co-director for the batman tv you know the batman yeah cartoon series we were just talking about and so he's been i mean he's done stuff for marvel entertainment too he did like the hulk uh versus thor and wolverine he did the planet hulk he, you know yeah. anyway so he's like a just to kind of point out not just the voice actors but other people who are involved in these so you have a lot of the same directors um and that's kind of helped. It's not quite as cohesive as like the Bruce Timm universe, right, you know, that decade right. of cartoons. But you do have three or four regularly recur- reoccurring directors that do help keep it 
together. Yep. Yep. Um, so then, like you said, we have uh, Green Lantern Emerald Knights, uh, which came out June 7th of 2011. And it was similar to Batman Gotham Knights in that it was an anthology of different stories. Um, and it focused on the Green Lantern Corps and included stories with Abin Sur, uh, Sinestro, Kilowog, um, and a bunch of other characters. Uh, and it also included a cameo by Chip, the, the squirrel. Right. <laughs> so, now, uh, this one is a little more um, kid-friendly than the other one, I yes. think. It just If I'm thinking back on it correctly, like my, my son's watched this one a number of times, and we really like this one. Yeah. Yeah, I I really enjoy this one. It, this is one I thought this was done way better than the Gotham Knight one was done. Yeah, uh, as far as the anthology goes, um, the voice actors with this one we had Nathan Fillion was Green Lantern, uh, which I think was done probably to appease some of the fans who thought Nathan Fillion should have been the live action Green Lantern. Yeah, I think so too. And and this was the first time he played Green Lantern, right? Yeah. Animated. I mean, he had done a lot of animated voices. But... Yeah, he did a lot of other characters, but this is the first time as uh, Green Lantern. Yeah. Um, he shows up again, but yeah. Yep. Was... And we had uh, Henry Rollins was Kilowog. Uh, and who's, who's that? Uh, Henry that's Rollins right. is an actor and singer. And uh, oh, that's right. Uh, what did I see him in recently? Um, he was on uh, Sons of Anarchy. Okay, yeah. Actually, as as one of a kind of an antagonist character, but yeah, he's definitely he's that type of character. Yeah. Uh, Roddy Piper was Bolfunga. <laughs> What? <laughs> no way. So Roddy Roddy Piper. Yeah, the wrestler from yes. the old WWF. Yeah. And uh, and then I put the voice actor for Ganthet was Michael Jackson, but not the Michael Jackson you would think. <laughs> so just had to throw that out there. So yeah, then I just I just sold something on eBay to a guy named Michael Jackson. Nice. I was like, that's weird. <laughs> Creepy. Um. So then we had Batman Year One, which came out October eighteenth of two thousand eleven. Yeah, uh, and this is an adaptation of Frank Miller's story, Batman Year One, which was in the issues of Batman numbers four hundred four through four hundred seven. And which was, I think that's so crazy that it was just that it was in contained within the Batman title. Yeah, I've always gone back and thought of it as it, it was his own standalone graphic novel, but it well, wasn't. It's just like they went back in and told yeah. it. Yeah, nowadays it would be. Nowadays it would be its own. Separate. Yeah, I mean, you can buy it, yeah, as its own trade, but... Well, no, I was going to say, like, if they were to do that nowadays... Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, they, they totally would. They would be like, okay, this is its own separate event. Yeah, stuff. but back in 87, they're like, okay, well, we're just going to do this arc with Frank Miller. And this <laughs> movie actually was released the same day as Batman Arkham City, the video game. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. That was good job on them for... Yeah. Uh, coordinating that. Now, this... this I really like this one. I think they, they did a good job one. of... Um, really this is one of the ones where i liked that they kind of adapted the yes the, um the style of the book and the way it was drawn it was yep. uh so it was written by frank miller it was drawn by oh i'm completely blanking and i should know this the same guy who did born or david mazzichelli yeah yeah uh in the comics and so the it just has this very kind of oh, unique I mean, style and yeah it's 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 very tra- traditional like right uh, you know, American comics from the '80s, but at the same time, simplified, but not in a cartoony way. It's almost got that noir feeling, yeah, and style to it. I mean, not to the point of like the Batman animated series, but it it definitely has. You feel like you're reading a a, a noir comic. Yeah, um, it's a darker in tone, and um, but it, it it's very, I think, true to the year one stories in the comics. They've yeah. done really well, and I think, um. 
I, I remember very you know the same scenes from the book and and it being played out in the um in the in the the movie i think specifically of when he's trying to break up these people who are robbing and they um they have all these, like these tvs yeah <laughs> or something right and there's like this fight on the um the fire escape yep and i remember that point he almost gets knocked out he basically almost dies like on his first mission <laughs> yeah but um this was done really well and this one made me go back and reread the the because uh, I have the just the trade paperback of it and it made me want to go back and read it because I was like oh I don't remember that I don't remember that and I, sure enough I went back and read it and I'm like oh yeah those things happened so yeah that it was, was really well done now the the for me one of the best parts of of this was some of the voice actors yeah because you had uh, Benjamin McKenzie was Batman which uh, I don't know what else he's been in that's like really you would know him from um I don't know he's little... been on a lot of TV. Uh, TV show stuff, but yeah. Um, looking up right now, um, trying to think. Uh, he was on. Like the, he was on the OC, uh, Southland. Um, I guess yeah, he was on a pretty big role in the OC where he yeah. was like reoccurring character. But I, you know, he I don't know what he's done since then. Yeah, he's so, going to be in Gotham. Yeah, the TV show Gotham coming up which as James Gordon, which looks like it will be amazing. Yeah, so that'd be cool. Um, we had Brian Cranston as Lieutenant James Gordon. Now, to me, this was like the perfect casting. Oh yeah, like that was the, the to me this was the best part of the movie is how bad a <laughs> Lieutenant James Gordon is in this yes. whole show. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and, and and casting Brian Cranston, who's of course from, sorry, um, I'm just completely blanking. Breaking Bad. <laughs> Breaking right? Bad. Yeah. Um, is just phenomenal. He's so which good at it. Which is funny that he was from Breaking Bad because before that he was from Malcolm in the Middle, which you would not pick your picture. No, at. never. You would. Not, he's such a. He was not. We can say he's broken whatever typecast he might have set himself up as. Right. By doing those shows, but man. And then you had uh, Eliza Dushku as Selena Kyle. And right, and she's what she played Lois Lane on Smallville, yep. right? Yeah. And then you had Katie Sackoff as Detective Sarah Essen, which was his oh. Lieutenant Gordon's love interest of sorts. Right. Oh, Sackoff. I mean, she's on Battlestar Galactica, and yeah. I can't think of her. She's, uh, she's, geeks she's, of the world are yelling at me. Like, she's, what is... She's the blonde. She's, yeah, what's her name? Oh, oh what's... The, oh, I gotta look it up. Oh, the character? The character's name, yeah. Oh. Um, God, I can't remember either now. Uh, I gotta look it up because if we don't say it, it's, or Starbuck, she's Starbuck. Yes, Starbuck. Uh, yes. Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Oh gosh, I should, I should have known that. And of course, once you called me out, I'm like, I, I can't think of it right now. <laughs> um, and then the tied into this DVD and this story in a way was the DC Showcase, which was on uh, Catwoman. And and that was a little awkward. Like, uh, it's good, it's good. Yeah. But it's pretty racy. Yeah, it's definitely racy. <laughs> That's why I was okay with it. <laughs> right, okay. Well, you you weren't sitting there watching it with your wife, probably. No, no, I don't uh, watch it. Because any. me and my brother, Brian, I think it was... Who did I watch this first with? But I remember it was, it was either with Quinn or with my brother, Brian, and we were watching it with Laura. And then like, we're like, hey, let's watch this Catwoman yeah. episode. And it was like, oh. Yeah, that was your mistake. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. It's if not I'm like, gonna, like let me put it's it not like way. they should say disclaimer. Catwoman goes to a strip club. Yeah, if I'm gonna watch something with Catwoman, I'm gonna make sure I'm no one's watching it with me. 
read into that okay. how you wish to. All right, yeah, let's move on. Uh, so then we have Green Lantern, the animated <laughs> series, started, uh, yeah. which was November 11th, 2011 to March 16th, 2013. And this was based, obviously, on the superhero Green Lantern. Uh, series aired on Cartoon Network as part of their DC Nation television block. Right. And this was the first Green Lantern television series and the first CGI DC series. So this is the first Man, this one, did. okay, when this came out, I didn't know, I love Green Lantern, but I was not sold on the animation style. I don't think a lot of people animation. were. Yeah, it just, oh, after there being such great 2D animation and years of it, I was just like, why, why would you do this? Then I went back, so I let I let it go the whole first season, I didn't watch any of it. Oh, wow. I just kind of refused. And then I went back later on, I caught a couple episodes, I was like, well, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And I really liked them. Yeah. So then I went back, and I've since watched, I think, most of them. And there's probably still some I haven't seen, but uh, yeah. but it's a solid story. And it's if you if you're in a Green Lantern, it's uh, worth it, watching. It, it's really worth watching, and it really incorporates a lot of the more recent stories with obviously like Red Lanterns and yep. and the stuff that again Jeff Johns kind of built up since 2000, what five or seven yeah. in there. Yeah. And uh, and so it's good. It's really good. I I, I d- definitely suggest it. I mean, if you're not a fan of that that 3D animation. Just kind of push past it, and we, when you get into the story, you stop seeing that. You know, right. you really do stop paying attention to the style of how it's drawn, and yeah. just get into the characters, and then it's great. Yeah, and and I really, I think the I was kind of iffy on the animation style too, but because I was such a big Green Lantern fan, I'm like, I can't not watch this. Exactly. <laughs> so I started watching it, and it grew on me, and the story was just done so well. And then again, I was so disappointed when it got canceled. Um, you know, and but this was another example is where I thought they got Hal Jordan pretty spot on. Oh yeah, like Very it's what so. sometimes even in the in the comics he annoys me. Yeah. Or in you know some other, you know, in DC animated films I don't think it's quite Hal Jordan. Right. Uh, and the, but this one I thought they did a really good job of it. Absolutely. So we had uh, voice actor wise we had Hal Jordan was jo- was done by Josh Keaton who did the voice of Spider Man on the spectacular Spider Man cartoon. Oh okay yeah I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have pegged that. That's a... And uh, he also did uh, the voice of Spider Man a lot of the different Spider Man video games. Right. Um, then we had Kilowog and Mogo were both voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson. Uh, yes. So he always seems to do the deep voices. <laughs> oh, you're so good at it, though. Uh, Aya was voiced by Gray Delisle, who was, if you remember, the voice of Daphne on the Scooby-Doo stuff. Right. Okay, that's right. Uh, Razor was voiced by Jason Spisak, who was the voice of Kid Flash on the Young Justice cartoon. Oh, I was going to say, that sounded really familiar, yeah. yeah. And then Sinestro was voiced by Ron Perlman. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I remember hearing his voice. And then Guy Gardner was voiced by Dietrich Bader, who did Batman previously on uh, on stuff. So, uh, and Dietrich Bader again was Oswald on the Drew Carey Show. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so now we get into Justice League Doom, which was February twenty eighth of two thousand twelve, and this right. is a loose adaptation on the Justice the JLA story arc called JLA Tower of Babel, which is my favorite just JLA story. Right. I was going to say, how does this one rank in your, um, I, the actual cartoon was good. Not great. I think I expected more out of it. Really? Yeah. This is one I liked. I mean, I, I agree. It's not in my top, like say two or three, but, right. um, 
I would say it's definitely in my top five. I liked it probably better than I think you did. But. Yeah, I think my expectations were a little too high because it was like, oh, this is one of my favorite stories. It's going to be awesome. And okay, yeah, and I knew the premise of the Tower of Babel story, but I, it's not like I was as in, in, you know, uh, involved in it as you were, or I knew as much about it as you were. So I didn't have those expectations going into it. I just knew the basic premise, and of course it played out like yeah. I would have expected. And this was the last thing that Dwayne McDuffie worked on before he died. Yeah, he died in what 2011. Uh, February 2011. So yeah, uh, this came out one year after he passed away. Okay. Um, but this was the last thing that he had been working on as far as the animated stuff. So right. Um, now voice actor wise had Kevin Conroy as Batman, Tim Daly as Superman, Susan Eisenberg as Wonder Woman. Michael, That's what I'm saying. Michael Rosenbaum as Flash. <laughs> yes. See, for me, like I was just like, and Nathan Fillion as Hal Jordan. Like, yep. Um. To me, this was like uh, the the who's who. I get, and, this is where they really got everybody yeah. together. And it was, so uh, I, I loved it. I mean, for that, I mean, I think that's probably a big part of why I like this so much. Yeah. Again, and it, and just, it definitely stands out for that for that reason for me too. Like I said, I still really enjoy it. It's I'd probably say it's in my t- top five, but um, okay. but probably number five. <laughs> I'd say for me, it might be. Oh, I'm trying to do a quick look over. I mean, probably the. My number three, like I would say, for me, it's Batman, Red Hood, Crisis on Two Earths, yeah, then Doom, um, Wonder Woman's up there for me. Um, it's hard. I'd have to. I'd yeah. have. I thought about us doing a top five list uh, of these, but it's just it would be very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's more so I have the ones I love, the ones I think are good, and then the ones I'm like not such a fan of. Right. Um, so and so the ones I love, it's like it's hard for me to rank them, but definitely Red Hood is my number one, um, and Crisis on Two Earths is my number two. Outside of that, it's really tough for me to rank the rest of them. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, I what about Justice League Doom? I liked that um, this was kind of incorporating Cyborg. Was he has it? He wasn't as involved in the yeah comic version, right? No, not really. Okay, so. This is like, there's been a push in the last, I don't know, three to four years of just really making Cyborg an A-list Important. DC. Yeah. Uh, here, obviously, he's on the Justice League and the in the uh, comics. And I think as soon as that happened, um, you know, like Justice League Doom, he, he was just incorporated into the main yeah. Justice League. And I like the use of him. The thing that's happening for me with Cyborg is I feel like they're pushing him too much on me. And to me, Cyborg is always a Teen Titan. Um, yeah, I think if, if you relate to him from that era, it can be tough because they're making him almost like too powerful. Right. And at the same time, I mean, cause he's got to hit with the big leagues, right? He's got to right. be warrant his place on the justice league. But then at the same time, it's almost, he's all over the place. Yeah. And in some cases it makes me, f- that what they're doing is like you said, they're making him so powerful that they're putting him on par with the rest of the team. And to me, I feel like he needs to earn his place on the team. I'm not saying he couldn't be on the justice league team. It's just, for me, I feel like he needs to earn his place on the Justice League team. No, well, before, he was kind of just half-man, half-machine, and he had some great weapons, and he had some cool technological abilities and understanding. But now, I mean, he's, like, tapped in where he sees everything that is electronic. He can read and manipulate, and he... He's he's the replacement for Oracle. He really is. Well, that on top of... uh, kind of the things that Martian Manhunter was doing on the Watchtower yeah. and, yeah. you know, like all this kind of stuff. I mean, it, it is a little too much. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know. So it, for yeah. for new kid, but the thing is, 
Like uh, all all the kids know who Cyborg is, though. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Anyway, but so I I kind of liked that he was part of the team, but this was kind of before he became a little too over the top. Yeah, yeah. So this is I like this version of Cyborg on the Justice League, but it's before we get into like the level he is for like Justice League War. Yeah, and this, he's not quite to that level. This was kind of like before that. And the other thing I liked that they did with this one is they did it did have a flavor of the Super Friends in it also. Uh, with like almost a legion of doom getting together. Oh well, that's true. And I was yeah like um, when we talk about the uh, the trap in time, um, yeah. I felt like man, I was like, hadn't I just seen this before? And yeah. I realized it was from Justice League Doom that yep. <laughs> I had actually seen a lot of these characters, yep. the bad guys, get together. Yep. Um, so then we go into uh, DC Nation shorts started on March third, two thousand twelve. <laughs> How uh, bizarre were these? Yeah, and some of them were fantastic, and some of them were totally bizarre. Okay, well, which ones were the ones that you liked the best? Okay, so I thought Amethyst was okay. Uh, it was yeah, definitely was geared right. towards a little girls, which I thought was good to do that. Yeah. Um, Animal Man cracked me up. <laughs> yes, yeah, Animal Man. <laughs> Um, I love the Doom Patrol ones. Um, uh, uh, I don't think I saw those. Uh, the Farm League ones cracked me up. The ones where it was the Justice League Farm Team and it was all <laughs> the animals. Uh, Plastic Man cracked me up. Plastic um, Man was really funny. Um, I love the Black Lightning one. Yeah, the Black Lightning one. I was, was like, really I would watch a show that was drawn in that style. Yeah. With like a Black Lightning or even just, I mean, if they kind of, it was more angular and kind of yeah. zippy. Yeah. Uh, but I liked the voice acting and the characters. Like, and I like yeah, how, I would watch a show like that. I liked how they had his daughters with lightning and thunder and stuff. Like I know that. that they came out with powers. I'm like, I would totally watch that show. I would too. Um, Sword of the Atom was amazing. Uh, which one? Sword? Sword, Sword of the Atom. I uh, if it, can you find these on YouTube or anything? I think you can. I want to check some of these out. It was a more, because I, I know Sword, I didn't see them all. Yeah. Sword of the Atom was more serious, um, take. So yeah. it's, it's obviously the character Adam. Yeah, uh, the Adam one, and he shrinks down, and then Vibe was hilarious. Uh, yeah, well, Vibe was great. He's like doing a dance off. Yeah, so yeah, that that one was good. There was um, and then you had like the claymation ones. The claymation ones were hilarious. Where yeah. they were like kids, like these yes. British kids, just laughing and saying goofy things, and then yes. they in it like stop and then motion they animated anime. it. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a Wallace and Gromit kind but of. But then you had like book. Super Baby, where it was like some Japanese weird. That was thing. weird. What? Yeah. That was very weird. But then there was like a cool Japanese one where it was like Batman and and Bane and stuff like that. And I thought oh, that I was, don't remember seeing that one either. I thought that was kind of a cool one. So, um, but it's also weird. I mean, it was weird. Right, well, and was then, cool. well, and then of course they had the Teen Titans Go. Yeah, that kind of inspired the cartoon. Right. Um, and those were kind of crazy, but, but yeah. funny. Well, and here's the thing, and not to jump too far ahead, but the Teen Titans Go animated shorts I thought were funny, and they're cute because they're short. I didn't need a whole show of funny, cute, stupid humor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is where we're going to differ completely. I, I love that show. Yeah, I Absolutely. And I know a lot of our listeners love that show. And I think you're all out of your goddamn mind. Okay. I think it has everything to do with if you have kids. And if you have kids that that are watching it and enjoy it. Because I think if it was just me, I might not like it quite as much. Or maybe not at all, really. I don't know. But um, it's totally the kind of humor my kids love. It is, absolutely. And it's dumbing down America. (laughs) 
Oh, come on. Well, okay. I do not disagree with that. Uh, I, I won't defend it in that regard. It is not intellectual humor at all. But right. it's, but um, I don't know. I just, I, I do not remember growing, and I could be wrong, but I do not remember growing up with anything that level of stupid humor. Maybe Beavis and Butthead, but. AKA awesome. <laughs> No. <laughs> yes. No. Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, anyway. So, it, and great. and here's the thing too. I've seen it posted on Facebook many times. They show a picture of Young Justice and they show a picture of Teen Titans Go and they said you're going to tell me that this was replaced by this. Okay, well, it's a completely different demographic. Okay, but if you had to choose between which one you're going to keep and which one you're going to Oh gonna my get gosh, Young of. Justice, of course, the Young Justice, but that's like the adult me who wants to see like awesome Right. cartoons versus uh you know my five and seven year old kids who and i also I mean love, they like injustice too but i think it's i'm like why can't there be both that's what i'm saying yeah. why why can't there be it's obviously not the same animation studio you're not tying up the same no and resources I, and i think there should be both and i just won't watch one of them and that's okay well you know what really drives me crazy is one of the biggest uh, what i heard was an excuse or reason as far as why young justice was canceled is because the toy sales weren't yeah well, that's because they, they had shitty toys. That's why. <laughs> okay, yeah, they're pretty much crap. Uh, right. The six-inch ones weren't as bad. But some of them still were. The Robin, yeah, some of them were bad. The Robin one was horrible. The yeah. Batman one was good, and I liked the Arsenal one. Yeah, the Arsenal one was good. The Aqualad one was good. But the oh, Robin, wait, when I say Arsenal, I mean the Red Arrow. Red right? Arrow, yeah. Yeah, like, I, did they call the... He was called Arsenal. Okay, yeah. what was... Oh, she was called Speedy, right? She was called Artemis. Artemis, that's right. Okay, yeah, her her figure was kind of crap. Yeah, her figure was bad. Robin's character was horrible because he had no neck. Yeah, um, that's right. The Kid Flash one, I didn't even get to see because it didn't even make it to the most stores. Um, the Super- I ordered the white Superboy. How was that one? It's Martian, and I never got it. Oh, really? Okay. I think it was canceled before they ever uh, fulfilled the orders. Oh, wow. Well, to move right along. Uh, <laughs> a little tangent there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was crap about their excuse because the toys didn't sell. And then they said, well, girls are, girls are the ones watching Young Justice and girls don't buy toys. And I'm like, no, then you're just not making stuff marketable. Oh, well, that, well, that brings me back to my point is that Teen Titans Go isn't making or selling toys either. Right. So, but, it's bull there, crap. I mean, there goes that excuse. It's yeah. just a like crappy excuse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then we get into Superman versus the Elite, which came out June 12th of 2012. It was based on What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, and the American Way, and it was in Action Comics number 775. Right. Uh, so was, we, had, we had the same guy who voiced uh, Superman and Justice League right. and Justice League Unlimited. Yep. Came back and did Superman in this. Yep. Um. Now, okay, this, 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 to, one this was to me big. was this to me was one of those examples where you can't make a big story out of one issue. Like they, yeah, it, it felt like they were stretching. Like yeah. it felt like they were really stretching to f- to fill out the time. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It just this could have been a thirty minute episode. Yeah, like and that would have probably better fit the role. Now the one thing. The one thing I really liked about this was at the end you're like, holy crap, Superman is is the is the deal. Oh yeah. Like when he's not holding back, it's kind of scary what he would be capable of. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and that, not just like moving planets or that kind of big stuff. I'm like, if he was a bad guy, 
everybody would be dead. Oh yeah, and, 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 and it's ridiculous. That's why you, whenever you say would who would win if I Batman Superman, like okay, come on, Superman wins every time because if if it's this <laughs> Superman at the end of the movie, right? You know I mean? Like nobody has a chance. But of course, what holds him back obviously is his humanity and all the things that would keep him from killing people or, or going over the line. Right. But um, but man, I mean. That's right. I, th- I think it was probably one of the first times I ever was like, "Whoa, Superman's intense!" <laughs> At the end of this movie, and it's really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then we get uh, Batman: The Dark Knight Returns, parts one and part two, which had and I should have thought of this ahead of time, but had I known that they were going to come out with one DVD or Blu-ray that had both of them on there. I would have just waited. Yeah, I would have. I would have totally waited. That kind of frustrated me too. Or I wish they would have just put it together in one big film. Like right. why? I mean, obviously they're doing it to, to to stretch out, make people multiple buy, and that frustrates me. And I think what even bothered me too is I didn't realize that the first one I bought as a Blu-ray DVD combo, and the second one I bought just as a DVD. So I don't even have like two Blu-rays of it. Yeah, I'm the same. It's way. Like, I'm like. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't I, know if it was released that way or what. No, it wasn't, but I did get the DVD for the first part and I think the Blu-ray for the second part. Yeah, so. that's what I did. I did the exact same thing. I'm yeah. like, oh, man, and so I don't even have like a, the same thing. Yeah. You know what? I should check. If I have the Blu-ray for the first one and the DVD for the second one, we should trade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I I did love it, though. It was based, obviously, on Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. I thought It is incredibly faithful. Yeah, it and was. I, think, I mean, they split it up to make sure that they could just really hit every beat and, yeah. and really... And obviously, they changed some stuff around to make it fit it being yeah. a two-parter, but but it, it was done really well. I mean, if you like The Dark Knight Returns, it's obviously just a seminal comic yeah. book classic, uh, then you will like this film. You know, and, you'll, you'll like the movie. And I would recommend watching this movie over reading, picking up and reading the book again, because the, the the collected uh, trade paperback is you're going to be sitting there for a few hours reading it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a long read. It's it's very it's wordy. very wordy, and you have all the. It's not bad. Type, it's not. No, of course not. It's 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 phenomenal. But the what really gets me every time is like the 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 reporters, the TV reporters. Yeah. Just reading through all that, I, I almost want to skip it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like but it's very, it's very important. Yeah, you need it. So. You need that narrative. So, so I don't know. Yeah, if you if you need your Dark Knight fix, I would just watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. So we have uh, voice actor wise, we have Batman was voiced by Peter Weller. Uh, do you know who that is? Oh man. Uh, uh no. Dead or alive, you're, dead or alive, you're coming with me. It's RoboCop. Ah, oh, RoboCop, RoboCop! I knew that. Dang it! I totally knew that. <laughs> Dang it! I think I was saying it right as you said RoboCop, or maybe just after. But I totally knew that was RoboCop. Then we had Carrie Kelly was voiced by Ariel Winter, who was again Alex nice. Dumphy from Modern Family. Yeah. Um, Doctor Wolper was voiced by Michael McKean, uh, who has been in a ton of stuff, but what he's most known for is being uh, Squig- uh, Squiggy's friend Lenny. Uh, so he's Lenny of Lenny and Squiggy. Okay. Uh, from Lord Vernon Shirley. Uh, we have uh, the Joker was voiced by Michael Emerson. Mm. And Superman was voiced by Mark Valley. And Mark Valley was the main actor on the, on the show uh, Human Target. 
look that up. I'm not sure who that is. Uh, oh, okay, no, yeah, the second I saw him, I recognized him. He's been yeah. in a few other movies and things. Yeah, yeah, so... So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, there's not much I can say about this animated movie because, like you said, it's faithful to the... Yeah, there, there really isn't much to say. Like, it's intense, yeah. and it's, it's, it's a pretty great adaptation of that book. So, yeah. I mean, that's really about all there is to say about it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, then we get Teen Titans Go came out, which is April 23rd of uh, 2013, <laughs> and it goes to the present. And it's a series. Uh, the series was announced following the popularity of DC Nation's teen, new Teen Titans shorts. Um, well, I, w- I want to say the episodes are only like 16 or 18 minutes long. Yeah, and I can and handle they those. Do, they do two of those together <laughs> for the for the block of time that it, you know it's on yeah. for a half hour or or whatever. Um, yeah, no, I can handle like the 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 shorts that are like thirty seconds. No, that's what. Oh, thirty seconds? No, yeah, they're longer. I mean, the episodes are like a fifteen minute episode. Yeah, but they're... and then you have two small episodes that are combined. You know, kind of like the Phineas and Ferb or something like yeah, that. You, no. you have those two small episodes. I tried watching an episode and I couldn't get through it. So. Oh man, no! There's so many good moments that just. No. Had me laughing out loud. I mean, it's so funny. What's can't great is it. like, no, and they, they have also they have crazy um, cameos too. Like there was one episode where um, Beast Boy just is totally ruining everything, and so they kick, then they fire him, and then they're doing tryouts for people who can are associated with animals mm-hmm. to be on the team. And so first up, they have a <laughs> they have uh, Vixen comes up and Cyborg's like, ooh, hey. And uh, and so she like does her powers where she appropriates you know animals' powers, and then she like, eats a worm or something. Then they're freaked out by it. And they're like, so they kick her out. And then the next one comes up is Boana Beast, and he's like, "Hi, I'm Boana Beast." And Cyborg's all like making fun of him. He's like, "If you Boana some pants, I can bring you some." It's like hilarious. It's so good. And then at the end, they end up choosing um, uh, the 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 Wonder Twins. Uh huh. And <laughs> was it what, what was it? Jaina could... Yeah, Jaina could turn into an animal. They're like, whoa, right. that is awesome! And then her... What's the brother's name? Zan. Yeah, Zan is like, a uh, form of water. And he's like... He's like a puddle on the ground. And they're like, uh, that's kind of lame. <laughs> so they try to just take one and not the other. Anyway, the episode is so funny. Okay. Ah, I can't believe you don't like, like this show. I'll take your word for it. Hey, I can't believe you didn't know Zan and Jaina, so it's okay. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I knew I did. Well, you okay? Anyway, but a little it's, bit it's, of my childhood died inside when you didn't know their name. <laughs> I always think it's like Jason. Like uh, no. I know her name. Jason the Wheel Warriors. No. No. Anyway. Okay. Um, whatever. So Teen Titans go. You're getting yeah. confused with the Star Wars characters of Jason and Jaina. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Yeah. That's it. Um, but Beast Boy is voiced by Greg Sipes, who is the voice of Michelangelo on the current CG uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show. Oh, wow. I didn't. I never put that together. Yeah. See, now what's crazy is we'll talk about this again in Justice League War. Right. But but Sean Astin, who plays Raphael, yep. plays Shazam in, in the Justice League War. And I, the second I heard it, I was taken out of it. I just oh, immediately wow. thought Raphael. Oh, wow. Okay. But but that never happened to me with Beast Boy. That's interesting. Um, So then we have uh, Superman Unbound. Came out May 7th of 2013, and it's based on the story arc Superman Brainiac by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. Yeah, I just watched this one recently, too, so I rewatched it. And this one, I will also say, was pretty faithful to the story uh, that's in the comic. 
Okay. Um, it, it's, uh, I haven't read the comic yet. Yeah, it's it's pretty close. Like, there's actual direct scenes from the comic that are in the movie. So. Right. Um, but you have Molly Quinn is Supergirl. Matt Bomer as Superman. Now, I liked him as Superman. He's from yeah. White Collar, the TV show White Collar. Yep. Yep. Uh, and he's even got a really great kind of Superman look yep. like a, as the actor. But I liked him as Superman. I thought it was a good voice for it. Yeah. Then we have uh, John Noble was Brainiac. Now, that was like a phenomenal casting. He yeah. is so good in this role. Yeah. Um, he also played um, the... The crazy guy from uh, Fringe. Uh, the, oh. <laughs> the, uh, I can't remember what the heck his name was, uh, but it was the, um, but he was also in Lord of the Rings. I was saying Lord of the Rings, he's Boromir's dad. He's right. like the, the warden of Gondor or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, anyway, but he, yeah, the way he does the Brainiac's voice in this is just so deep and menacing and yeah. intelligent. It's really good. Yeah. Um, he was, uh, oh, it was Dr. Walter Bishop on Fringe, and oh, okay. he also appears as, uh, a character on the show Sleepy Hollow, which I believe has been canceled, but, um. Oh, that was, a, I saw the pilot for that show, it looked really good. Yeah. Um, and, uh, then we get into, uh, Beware the Batman, which... Oh. Is marked as July thirteenth, two thousand thirteen to present. However, <laughs> um, we haven't seen it. It went on hiatus October twenty third of two thousand thirteen, without any explanation as to why. And although it was reported, is it bad? No, it's not. Yes, it is. Oh God, no, it's not. This this will be the one that you and I disagree with. That I'm I'm right and you're wrong. What, please? <laughs> um. Uh, DC Nation does not have it listed in their January 2014 lineup. Thank goodness. But new episodes are showing up in New Zealand, surprisingly. No, I thought this was fantastic. This what? was this this was, um, and and I wish Daryl was here because Daryl likes it too. Um, this was Daryl likes at, almost everything. This was no, he doesn't. But because <laughs> um, he wouldn't like, he didn't like Teen Titans Go either. Um, All right, well. But this was Batman gathering up the Outsiders. And uh, okay, that's the only cool thing about it. No, it's not. It's awesome. Yes. Um, you like Alfred is awesome. No, Alfred's weird. Alfred kicks ass. <laughs> I, exactly. That's why. But he is in line with if you did the Alfred. Have you read uh, Batman uh, Earth One? Not year one, but Earth one. No, I haven't. Okay, the Alfred in that is like this ex-military guy, and he reminds me very much of the Alfred from Beware the Batman. Um, I think if I had seen it maybe in something else and kind of been used to that version of Alfred, I, I might... I mean, I'm not completely against the show. I've watched the first... It's know, awesome. Six or seven episodes of it. I don't, I don't know. I just never... One, the, the animation wasn't nearly as good, and it wasn't as good as even Green Lantern. See, I think it's better than Green Lantern as far as animation goes because I think the fight scenes are a lot more fluid. Um, no, that's true. The choreography is better and it's smoother. Yeah. Um, but like the overall rendering, I didn't like nearly as much. And then the figures seem just way too like yeah. tubular. And, and I actually have an action figure of the Beware of the Batman style, a six-inch one that Ugh. that came out. It looks cool. I like it. Okay. Um, <laughs> don't don't. 
okay me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Mister, I didn't even like come down so hard on it. I, I will, just thought it. I will I take the anywhere bad guy. the Batman over Teen Titans Go every day of the week. Oh, they're just such Sunday. two different shows. You can't even I, compare them. I will still take it over that. <laughs> <laughs> you bring your little Are Teen Titans Go characters. I'll bring Beware the Batman. And we'll see who wins. <laughs> I don't know. Now, okay, um, the. I don't know. Well, I was gonna say, shoot. The, okay, the first, the first main bad guys in the show was like that pig face guy. Yeah, Professor Pig. What, what's what's he from? Is he, he a Grant Morrison he's, character? He's a Grant Morrison character. Okay, that was, well that explains it. Like, why the heck? That's bizarre. It's just bizarre. They did really change him for Beware the Batman because he was too dark of a character in the Grant Morrison thing. He's he's a messed up character. But uh, Batman has the best rogues gallery ever. Yeah. I mean, hands down. Right. Why? Why would you be going to Professor Pig to launch a show? Because he was actually a very popular character in the comic. With who? With everyone except you, evidently. Oh my god! <laughs> I haven't even heard of this guy. He's ridiculous. Well, you're, I don't, not, I don't like you're not up to date on your comics. It's okay. Uh, apparently, but uh, <laughs> I know. I, well, I haven't read any, almost any Grant Morrison Batman. I just I'm not. I, I will I'm not say. Even, well, I'm not a fan of Grant Morrison either, but I will say that his story with Professor Pig was pretty disturbing, which is why I liked it. So, okay. um, but yeah, Morrison's very hit or miss for me. So, um, but no, I I love the show. I it was really get going somewhere really well. Like you had the League of Assassins showing up. Uh, yeah, Katana and Metamorpho was there, and it was. I did like it. Yeah, I liked. I liked how they were introducing Katana and how he she had to prove herself to him. I watched all those episodes. I, yeah. Of. So I I loved it. So, um, so then we have Justice League Flashpoint Paradox, uh, which and man, he, talk about a dark Justice League movie. Yeah, it it was uh, July thirtieth, two thousand thirteen. It's an adaptation, of course, of the uh, Flashpoint. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it was dark. <laughs> this is, the only thing that kind of bugs me is I understand that this is obviously not, uh, you know, a movie for kids. You know, it's no. it's an adult movie. It's a PG thirteen and everything that goes with it. But I just don't like. I mean, this is me personally, and I think anybody who's listened to the show kind of catches on to this. But I just I don't like my superheroes to be cussing at me. Yeah. Like that's just not why I read comics. Not when, like, especially when it doesn't seem like it's necessary. Exactly, and I think in this movie more than any of the others, it, people are doing the characters are doing that more and more, and I just kind of I just well, find I it disappointing, I, and I it takes me a little War bit out is of it. Way worse than Flashpoint was though. Oh well, that's true. They're both bad, and I think you're right. War is worse. Um, at least Flashpoint, I could kind of understand it because you're in the middle of a big war. I mean, you're in the middle that's of true. It's, life it's, and death situations. Yeah, things are more intense. But I just think, yeah, people, just, the characters are cussing, kind of almost for no reason. It, and I it just feels find that forced. It's not smart dialogue. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's if you're just doing it for the sake of saying it, I, I don't get it. I understand when you're you you are in that intense situation or or whatever, or if you have a character that's more. You know, like a Punisher or Lobo or something like that. Like, I get it. Cuss all you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because I expect it from that character. But when you have, like, Superman or Green Lantern or Flash, like, yeah. cussing up a story, like, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Right? That bugs me. But, like, okay. if, if there was a character that would swear it would be, it would be Hal. Let's face it. It would be that's Hal. That's true. No, that's true. <laughs> oh, that's very true. But, yeah, I mean, the, uh, the other thing, though, okay, so I'm not completely down in on the movie. It's just, like, kind of take that and aside. At yeah. times, I got pulled out of movie because of my own personal, just the sure. way I feel about it. Now, I will say 
that that scene of Deathstroke on the ship, oh, where he's yeah. fighting back and doing all this like awesome martial arts and like shooting a gun. I'm like, yep. I would that all, that automatically makes me think I need to see Snake Eyes. Oh yeah, in an awesome like animated. I'm like, oh, how are they not doing a good G.I. Joe right now? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it drives all, me crazy. And all they needed to do was take G.I. Joe Resolute and continue it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was phenomenal. But I, I just seen somebody move that way with, like, a sword and guns and, and all the martial arts. I'm like, oh, I just could so picture that being Snake Eyes and it just being yeah. phenomenal. But, I mean, I love Deathstroke, too. He's one of my favorite DC characters. So that whole scene, I loved that you get a, a glimpse of Deathstroke you know, just being who he is, you know, just yeah. being awesome. And, oh, I love that part. That was cool. Yeah. Um, voice actor wise, you had Kevin Conroy as Batman. Uh, Ron Perlman was Deathstroke. Uh, yeah. Dana, Dana awesome. Delaney was, uh, Lo- Lois Lane. Um, oh, I was going to say, when we get to the justice league war, I think to me, that's the best depiction of Lois Lane. Yeah. But well, I thought that was this one, and I forgot. No, it's the next one. So yeah, um, so we had C. Thomas Howell was Professor Zoom. Uh, Carrie Elwes was Aquaman, and oh, that was really good. And Sam Daly was Superman, which is actually uh, Tim Daly's son. Crazy! I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. I'll have to go back and rewatch that. It's been a while since I've seen this one. I, I want to go. I, I'll rewatch it tonight, actually, because yeah, it's got me thinking. I want to see that, but yeah. Um, cool. so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that at all. That's, that's yeah. Funny. So overall, I did like um, Flashpoint Paradox, but uh, the I will say the animation threw me off a little bit because it's more manga ish or anime ish. Some parts are, you know, um, yeah, the way they draw the faces, especially, yeah. and like Cyborg looks like a crazy anime robot. Yeah, like um, you know, so that was that was a little push. I think I think I like this. The more I'm sitting here thinking about it, like I think I liked it better than I remember. Yeah, I did really enjoy it. Um, yeah, but um, then we get into uh, JLA Adventures Trapped in Time, which is one of the most recent ones. And this one to me was I really liked it. It was a definite nod to Super Friends for me. Yeah, it had, it had a much kind of lighter tone, especially coming right after. Uh, paradox, right? Um, and coming and before war, which obviously we'll talk about in a second. But it's much lighter tone. I I didn't expect the. Was this based on a comic series or is this kind of like no this, done like they just wrote their own original story for this? Yeah, this was an original movie. It wasn't based on anything in particular. Um, I'm sure they pulled some things from past stories that were out there with yeah. the Legion of Superheroes and stuff like that. But no, it was it was an original story, which I thought was great. Yeah, and I was really surprised to see them go into like pull Legion of Superheroes yeah. characters back. So you you go and you see Karate Kid and Dawnstar yeah. before they're part of the Legion. Right. So um you know, uh um, Lex Luthor gets gets lost and frozen in time and then gets dethawed in the thirty first century, uh gets a time traveling device basically and, yeah. and and um gets his way back to modern day and wants to take out the Justice League by Kind of like hopping through time and uh, defeating them before they become heroes, right? That's the basic idea. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I really liked it. I think for me the designs were a little off, and again, like Batman's voice really threw me. Okay. Like, for whatever reason, it just really took me out of it. But um, and overall, that, I, I like the story. And that's funny because it was Dietrich Bader that was Batman 
there, which, like you said, he was a brave and the bold uh, yeah. Batman. But <laughs> he was also Batman in, in some other stuff, too. So Yeah, um, I don't, maybe I didn't know I said as much. Yeah, it, it, I actually really enjoyed it because, again, it, it took me back to the Super Friends days without it being totally campy. That's true. I think that, you know, it's probably a good casting for, for this kind of being that a little homage to the Super I mean, you have, like, the... The great, you know, Legion of Doom headquarters in the swamp. Right. right. It kind of looks like a Darth Vader helmet thing yeah. going on. Yep. The Hall of Justice and all that. It was pretty cool. Yep. No, one thing I thought, you know, who was terrible in this movie is Robin. Yeah. He drove me crazy. He was like this. Uh, he cocky was so little, impatient and yeah, yeah very cocky impatient. and annoying yeah. and just really immature and just completely going against what Batman would tell him to do. Like, yeah so rebellious i'm like is this a jason todd yeah batman or robin and i almost wonder that too because when karate kid shows up with dawnstar he immediately starts attacking them yeah he was almost and, and he won't he won't listen to reason he's like the bad guy yeah from some of the stuff i read and and everything else he he was almost an amalgam of all the different robins yeah i would push it towards his mentality being a jason todd right. yeah if nothing else because he was annoying yeah um, but so I don't it, know that he ever fought with the staff. I think that's Tim Drake. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, that was Tim Drake definitely for the with the staff and everything. Um, then we get Justice League War, which came out on February fourth, two thousand fourteen. So just uh, just about a month ago, a little over a month ago. Um, wow, it seems longer than that, but yeah, yeah. just recently came out. Um, and this was based on the very first story, uh, Justice League Origin, from the New Fifty Two. Mm-hmm. So this is our first movie in the new 52 universe. Um, this one really pushed that language for me. Like when every, yeah. they swore a lot in this movie and every time I heard it, it just didn't sound right. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Superman, <clears throat> Superman to me came across very cocky. Uh, I, he, out of all the characters, I felt like he was the furthest from source material. Like, not, not so much, not so much um, the, the current comic, but I'm like what we know Superman right. to be. He right. is so not Superman from any of these other DC movies. Yeah, right. He, he he's obviously more closely tied to the comic they're adapting from, but even from the comic, he came across as like an exaggerated version of that. Yeah, like he's a punk. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and really annoying, and it, he'll kill somebody in a heartbeat. And he's just overly violent. He doesn't listen to reason. He's kind of a bully, yeah. In a way, um, he's just man. I really don't like the, his character in this at all. No. And then the other character I didn't really care for was Wonder Woman. And the reason why is what? oh, I loved her as Wonder Woman. I loved Wonder Woman in this. Oh, see, because when she was fighting, yes, she was awesome. But when she wasn't fighting, she reminded me of is it of like a five year old kid. <laughs> I guess that's kind of true. It's like her. She's new to this world. Yeah. Like to a ridiculous super level, naive. Though. yeah, she was like, like really super naive. Like yeah. the whole ice cream scene was ridiculous to me. <laughs> That's um, a little over the top, yeah. Yeah, and stuff like that, and how, she, and then she was like all googly eyed over Superman, and like no, exactly. She was only uh, interested in who was the biggest and strongest. Yeah, and and I'm like that really, uh, it just doesn't flatter her character at all. It makes her seem like incredibly superficial. Now, the interaction I liked the most was the interaction between Batman and Hal. And that was spot on. That was perfect. And, I loved it. And, it, and they continued it through the whole movie, which was great. Um, I thought them talking with each other was just absolutely perfect. 
Um, I love it when he takes. I loved it in the comics, and I loved it even more. I think in the when he takes movie, the ring. When he takes the ring, and then he and he later on he he knows his name Hal, and he's like, "How'd you know my name?" And it's like, "I saw it on your flight jacket when you, yeah. you know, when you depowered or whatever." Um, Hal Jordan. This is Hal Jordan, like six months into receiving his powers, basically. Yes. Like yeah. he's a young Hal Jordan with like still getting a sense of what he can do and trying to kind of prove himself. So he's like over. Oh, what, what, what am I thinking? Overcompensating. Yeah. Right. So he's always trying to be like the man. Now, the one time I didn't like their dialogue was when uh, he's got a broken arm, and Hal Jordan's just trying to prove something. And Batman, everything Batman says in that exchange is very reasonable. I mm-hmm. mean, he's the voice of reason. He's like, "Look, you have a broken arm. You, you don't have a plan. You're just going to go headlong into this thing, and you're going to die." And then. <laughs> and then Green Lantern turns on him and just gets in his face like, you phenomenal douchebag. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? Like, that really annoyed me. And it's not even that I was so offended by the language or anything like that. It was yeah. just, it just seemed like right in your face. I mean, even the way the camera was, it's like right in his face. Yeah. And he's like yelling at you, the viewer, yeah. you phenomenal douchebag. And I was yeah. like, what? And then, and especially because right up to that, everything Batman said was completely, Completely reasonable. Yeah. And then, and he's just blowing off, you know, just going crazy. I was like, that was the only part where I didn't like Green Lantern. The rest of the movie, I loved him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and, and the, the, the only other thing that kind of stood out for me, be, and just because it didn't seem true to the, the character, at least their power, was I like the character of Shazam, but he doesn't fire lightning bolts from his hands. Yeah, he became Storm all of a sudden, yeah. or like Electro or something. I mean, he was just shooting him left and right. And did you notice there was one scene where he says, he, when he introduces himself, he says, I'm Shazam, and he doesn't change back to Billy Batson? How did that happen? <laughs> oh, that's a good point. I didn't notice that. That's a good so, catch. Holy cow. Yeah. So, um... Okay, but so, it's... I mean, overall, I, I like the production quality of it. It's very good. Yeah. Um, it's a it, it's a pretty good adaptation of the comic. I mean, they make some changes. Obviously, like Aquaman yeah. isn't in it. Instead, they change out Shazam's character. Um, Which didn't make sense why they didn't have Aquaman. But And then, I don't know if you saw the mid, uh, mid-credits scene with uh, Ocean Master showing up. Yeah, right. So, I mean, it's obviously alluding to that could be the next story right. if they're going to do it. Um, if you watch the, have you watched the behind the scenes, like the commentary? Not yet, not yet. There's like a making of with Jim Lee and the director. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of don't like the director after watching that. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch it and you'd be like, I don't know that this guy's, it seemed like he was making choices that deviated from the comic for arbitrary reason. Yeah. Like I understand if you have a solid reason for it and it makes sense because it's a different medium or you're going after a different audience. Yeah. But he was making choices that were different. I was like, I don't get it. Yeah, you know, he, he wasn't able to explain a good reason why. But no, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it's a movie where, like I said, I watched it. I liked the battle scenes, but the core of the movie I was not really a huge fan of. And I'm afraid if this is what they're going to be like going forward, I'm a little nervous. But the next one was supposed to be like Son of Batman. Uh, I saw the trailer for, and that one looked really good. So Yeah, and to me, like, yeah, the Justice League War, I'm not quite as happy with, but the Son of Batman, everything about it looks good. Like, yeah. um, uh, does it have voice actors? Uh, uh, I didn't look it up, so I don't know. It's, this, it's the same same voice actor for, for Batman as in Justice League War. Yeah. Uh, the same guy for Alfred um, and Stuart Allen as Damian Wayne. I don't know who that is. Um, yeah, I'm not sure, but 
Anyway, so it's obviously just kind of about introducing the Damian Wayne character. And I think that that's going to be really good. And then there's the one, and that comes out in May. Yeah, I believe so. May 6th, I think. So that's coming up. Yeah. Oh, and Deathstroke is a big part of that story, which yes. I cannot wait. Yeah, that so, should be awesome. Uh, all the designs are done by that same guy that I really like, the Phil Brusoro, Brusar, Sasa. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> yeah. So. So we've done uh, about a three-hour episode. Uh, <laughs> again. That's because we love this stuff. It is. It is. Uh, but it's very late here, and I have to work tomorrow. So uh, we're going to go ahead and close things up here. Uh, yes. And uh, let me go ahead and give our information. You can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us at theforumforgeeks.com. You can email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-JOES. Uh, you can uh, uh, follow us on Twitter. It's at starjoespodcast. And you can find us on Facebook. There's a fan site there where you can like us and see stuff posted every day. So, uh, Robert, how can they find you? Uh, just Robert Ekans Art. Just search that on the Internet. Awesome. That's it. Nice, short, and sweet. <laughs> yes. So with that, we'll go ahead and close by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. For a lineup of fun starting out at 3 on Monday afternoons, it's Raj, Dwayne, and Rerun on What's Happening. Then, just around the bend, it's that unpredictable Gary Coleman and different strokes. And for high-flying action, it's the Dukes of Hazard at 4. It's all happening weekday afternoons right here.